So what's up, guys? I am really excited about releasing this podcast. This podcast had so much information, so much about uh, an individual that I think we're going to see a lot more in the future of. Uh, I got to welcome Kyle Neary, the leader of the Wolf Den, into the podcast studio. And uh, man, it was a great conversation. We got to really learn about his past his history his upbringing what he did where, where he came from um he's the guy that created our amazing intro to the podcast which most people will tell you the best in the business um but yeah it was really cool really fun had a few beers had some talks had some laughs um got to live vicariously through somebody who got to tour the world so um sit back relax enjoy it is wheel and trigger episode number nine coming at you all right we're recording Woo. check Wouldn't be right. Yeah. Good. If we didn't start with a good old cracking of some cans, some RC water. RC water, yeah. We just had a, uh, I did a podcast with Lucas last week. Mm hmm. Cheers. Cheers, brother. And uh, I proceeded to let everybody know he doesn't drink water, and he proceeded to tell everybody that he drinks a lot of water because these are 95% water in his mind. Is that in Dr. Pepper? I'm the same way. <laughs> so this is Wheel and Trigger. I'm Brent Densford. This is Kyle Neary. This up, is guys? the leader of the Wolf Den. Lots of interesting background. I, I feel like um, there's a there's a, a lot of a lot of stuff around that diamond that we're gonna find out yeah. and, and learn about start, here. Before we start, is it Trent or Brent? Brent. Brent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, if you and called everyone, me Trent, I would I would answer to it. Everyone, I'm going to shut your mics off. Robert, shut your mics off. i got to say something to Racecraft Chase real quick. Everyone that's listening, turn your mics off. This is not for you. This is for Chase only. Everyone, turn it down. What you've said about Blink-182 is a travesty, dude. You're out of your loss. You're out of your damn mind. Okay, we're back. Back to the podcast. Thank you for being so right about <sighs> something that he was so dude. wrong about. I was like, dude, so cool because you live in California. What is it with people that think that when people make it big that they're no longer cool anymore? <laughs> ego, dude. What is that? Racecraft ego. I remember growing up, everyone was talking like, Green Day was rad, rad, rad. Oh, they're commercial. Now they suck. Oh, their music was still good. It was still Green Day. Now, granted, he turned into a little bit of a weirdo, dude. but they do. I mean, it's just, I guess when you're in music. You remember it in the time frame you remember it. It's not as you remember it now. Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah. But still, Dude, what? Blink, come on, get Blink's out of awesome. here. Blink's awesome. I'm looking forward to them coming back, like this whole reunion. I don't really look at them, the new one. I just go back to the, there's a Mark, Tom, and Travis show album, or it's a live album. Yeah. And they're just bullshitting on stage. So funny. They changed the lyrics. I'm like, Dude, this is so sick. I'm they're gonna, like, I'll go listen to that. Talking about freaking chicks and partying on the bus, like in front of the crowd in Australia. Dude, the whole album is just so funny. Awesome. It's like a podcast album. I mean, to me, it's what we need more of. Yeah. 
not so serious. Let's get away from the so serious. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. constantly just comedy podcast twenty four seven. I didn't. It was what five and a half hours here. I was just listening to funny shit the whole way. I don't really listen to music much. I don't either anymore. I mean, I'll drive to work, but when I travel, when I'm driving to work, I'll mm-hmm. listen to you know a couple songs or whatever. I and and I listen to the same music over and over because like. I have it in my mind. These are, I believe in the music, the Mm -hmm. lyrics, you know, but when I travel, it's all podcast. It's all educational. Or like you said, I love comedy. I love to. Yeah. I got my top comedians, all my moto podcasts, the RC podcast, yours and Keenan's. And there's enough of that to by the next week rolls around. It starts over again with the new one. Yeah. No, it's, it's never ending. And that's the beauty of this technology. We're, we're all, you know, a part of these days. You can listen to exactly what you want. Anytime. Yeah. And I have to worry about commercials and mm-hmm. all the other stuff, which I also get both sides of that. You know, yeah. the, you know, we, there's a lot of merit to the advertising side for, of course. for both advertisers and the, you know, the, the actual content, but yeah, for sure. I mean, people are making good livings off podcasts. Yeah. Not this one, <laughs> <laughs> which is not set out to be, but if, if yeah. we ever started making money at it, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't complain one bit. Yeah. I mean, I think you've capitalized on making a living in RC with your shop, but this is just a fun part. I tell Robert, like I'm having, I'm having fun. Yeah. You know, this is fun for me. This isn't everything I do in RC does not, work. not make money. No, it's just, I'm like, all right, it'd be cool to have this. Cause there's nothing like this. Well, it'd be cool to have that. Cause there's nothing like that. I might end up paying to have it or to have other people have it, but it's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the point. Like yeah. RC is evolving just like anything else. And, mm-hmm. and our technology allows us to 3d print something, try it. If it works, we can have it made or we, it might be a product that you can just 3d print. Yeah. You know, and anybody can be an innovator now mm-hmm. with a little bit of knowledge, practice and computer. If you, you understand that you can, you can make something, you know, 100%. and we all, there's, that's what I love about this business. Everybody is trying to come up with something new. There's lots of people that just regurgitate the mm-hmm. same, same products as everybody else, but we all, we're all, all the people that are in the industry are trying to get a little piece of it or are trying to find a little niche something. And, you know, it, it's tough because there's so many things already created. There's so many things already at your fingertips that to make it better or to, to change it or make something that replaces it is very, very difficult. Yeah. Cause it, it's already all been done. And if you do something good, it's just like blows up, then everyone copies it and then it starts over again. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. History is repeating itself yeah. already, not just in RC, but in the world. Of you know, course. so we're we're going to see RC repeat itself somehow. It's going to reinvent and come full circle. I love it when someone says that's just a copy of that car. Well, I'm t- here to tell you that every car has been a copy of whatever the first car was. Any original idea was a. Uh, step off from something else that that person liked at that time. And it's nothing is truly original at this point, but you can make it more of yours, but everything has a reference from something else. Yep. It has to. I mean, there's very, very few things that are, yeah. Have a unique DNA anymore. hundred percent. We all got a little piece of something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So man, the, the, um, the new shirt that you dropped, for your wolf den, which I want to talk about the wolf den. A lot mm-hmm. of people that don't know you, and and I would assume that most people that aren't on the East Coast probably don't know 
who Kyle Neri is yeah. as far in the RC world. Mm-hmm. So, but you've got this group, you got this group of guys and you call it the Wolf Den. You've yeah. got a, a, a track now mm-hmm. in your, is it on your property or in your, yeah, it's in my dad's property. It's, um, I have 11 acres. He has 20 something and then he bought the neighbor's eight. So the Neary's have a good compound and we have it on uh, the eight side. I eventually put a house on the other side of the track. So it'll be where I live. The track lives, my dad lives and my brother will put a house on the other side of the property. So it'll be this nice little family area, but got the track there and yeah, it's pretty rad. I walk out the door. I'm like, I need to practice today. I I'll get laps before I go to work. It's like people going to the gym. It's like, I already got my fix and then I'm at work chilling. I'm not thinking about, I need to get laps. I need to get laps. I need to practice or do this or that. It's like, I ran three battery packs this morning at 8 a.m. and then I went and work. It was pretty sick. That is cool. <laughs> so, and then you've got a group of guys mm-hmm. now. It's called the Wolf Den. So, explain to me what the Wolf Den is. Is it just a a group of your friends that you you know compile and you guys you know practice together, travel together, or are is there some kind of service provided? What are you doing with quote unquote the Wolf Den? I don't truly know what it is yet. I just wanted to have a platform. First off, I wanted people just to run at my track. Like I want guys to come over and just hang and drive with my track. And I was like, okay, and open it up and people would show and didn't the typical track situation. And I was like, you know what? It's closed off to everyone. I'm gonna open a team and it's only here for my team guys. It's only for my team guys to get better. It's only for, yeah. So I, it's like we're having open applications and I only, accepted people who wanted to be on. I didn't chase anyone down like, Hey, join the team. Unless it's Ogden. He didn't have a choice. He's on the team. (laughs) Heckert. He didn't have a choice. Lime. He didn't have a choice. Yeah. He's on the team. I'm like, yo. And they're like, of course it's good. I wanted some like legitimacy in it, but, um, yeah, we'll have like once a month, we'll have a scheduled practice. I'm like, yo, I have a group chat. You're part of it. There's an A team, which is just factory guys. And I have my B team chat, which is like chaos, but those are my favorite dudes because they're just so in it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to bother the eight guys too much with it, but they're 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 at their disposal when they need them. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, this time, this Sunday, usually because we all race on Saturday, like uh, from nine till dark, come over, we're gonna run laps, and then um, I let everyone get three packs in or tanks, whatever they were driving. And I sometimes prep my track rough. Sometimes I roll it in really good. Sometimes it's loose and dusty. I'm like, we're all going to walk the track real quick. We're going to dissect it and how I'm handling it because I'm the best driver there. And I want them to see how I see it, maybe shortcut them so they can speed their process. They all just want to get faster too, like I do. And then um, one by one, I'm like, all right, you're going to do a five-minute run, and I'm going to watch it. I'm going to time every lap see what you can do better. Then I'm gonna let you practice. And I do the next guy. Then I do the next guy. And then we run through one more time. I see what their fast lap is. And usually they've improved and they're like, Oh, I understand that now. I didn't think about it that way. And we had our f- couple practices already. The first one was awesome. It was really awesome. It sucked. I didn't get to drive as much as I wanted to, but I can drive any time out there. Just cool. I just want to make people better. And I just want to do s- cool shit with RC, like the shirts. I'm not making any money hardly on that shirt because the quality's so good. The graphics cool. I just want to, like something you'd buy at a Zoomies or an online store. It's like a cool shirt. Like, oh man, that's just cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know what cool is, but to me, I just figure that out and take every opportunity I can with the Wolf Den and whatever it turns into 
or starts turning into, then I'll be like, all right, now that's where it's going. Yeah. I don't know where it's going right now. I'm just taking everything so you're I can. you just following. You're following I'm just like, oh, that'd be cool. Let's do this. That'd be cool. Let's do that. Oh, it's starting. There's an opportunity. Let's jump on it. Let's see what it, it does. It's cool. And now we're at SIC. We had four easy ups, 10 dudes are all part of the Wolf Den. We're all exchanging information somewhere in the class I'm racing against. Most of them are sportsmen. They come in, my car's doing this. Oh, change that. Did it work? Cool. Yeah, it worked. Awesome. I dropped my time. It's I'm just trying to skip some steps, like how I skip steps coming from where I started. And then it was what, six months in and I'm with Ogden. Just instantly I'm ready to learn. Yeah. Dump it all on me. Give me all I can take. Right. I just want to get better. It don't matter. I just want to get better. Well, I think we need, you know, more forward thinkers like you mm -hmm. in that situation because, you know, you've got tracks like yeah. our track where you can come seven days a week and run, right? Mm -hmm. Ten scale, of course. But we can't just spend time with it, every yeah. every person. Look, every now and then I might be walking through to, to do something to the back and catch a customer who races every week and I'm seeing that something they're doing wrong and I'll go help them. Yeah. But I can't spend hours trying to make somebody a 100%. better driver. I just don't have that time anymore. And I would love to, I'd love to get to the point where like I can do a clinic once a week, once a month where it's just all day come, you know, I'll teach every one of you. But with it, it, more, most people want that from people like yourself, who's already quick or an Ogden or maybe even like me, who I might be the fastest guy at my track. Mm -hmm. I can definitely help people. Maybe not to, once they get to my level. It's easier for people to be like, oh, he's faster. I'll really listen to him. Right. Regardless if that's true or not. There's plenty of people that are slower than me that I've put around myself that I value their opinion. Um, not all the fastest guys are the best setup guys. Exactly. Some of the slower guys. I know a guys. guy that's really good with setup I have around me, and he's just, he thinks different. So I'm like, I want that around me. I have Kevin Clark, my backbone of my racing. He's my pig guy. He tunes all my engines. I can't tune an engine. I can yeah. get it close once it's already like in the ballpark, but just like pull a motor out, break it in, and have like put it, I can't do that. Yeah. He's my guy. That's how we started hanging out. Now he's one of my best friends. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he's wild, that guy. Yeah. Kevin's wild, which, yeah. you know, I love that. I love that about people. They, yeah. you know, there's I like all, a good shit show. Yeah. He's definitely <laughs> <laughs> That's why the racecraft guys are like right on par. Yeah. I'm like, my best friends are the biggest pieces of shit. If I call you a piece of shit, it's the best <laughs> thing I could ever call you. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we uh, speaking of the racecraft guys, you know, we were, um, I helped Chase sponsor the, the, which we, I don't know if he's announced it yet. Um, but they're doing a, um, Racecraft Rager, which is the like third, third year, yeah, mm -hmm. and, excuse me, and, um, but this year we're having a live band. Oh, cool. So I sponsor the band, he's sponsoring the booze, mm -hmm. um, together we're having this huge collaboration, you know, at DNC, but that's what I love about those guys is mm -hmm. not only do they come to win, because mm -hmm. most of them are pretty decent. Oh, yeah. I mean, Herzig and Ryan Reese in the intermediate class been yeah, killing he, it. AMS, years ago, he sweeped both Nitro classes. Yeah. And he's the dude pounding beers, walking off the stand. And you're just like, that's the guy that won? That's not serious at all? It's because he's having fun. Exactly. And, uh, most people just don't get that part. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll, I'll wait until I'm done racing. I get it, especially if you're a corporate-sponsored guy. Like, you can't. But if you're there to have a good time, and mm -hmm. you, your results will be better. Just enjoy yourself. And if you, the, the beauty of enjoying yourself and doing it is 
even if you have a bad result, you still enjoyed yourself. Yeah. And I think that the getting that point across to the people is the toughest thing because you, they, they, they want so badly. They think all the money I'm putting into this and all the practice. And if I have a bad race, I'm going to, you know, I just can't be happy. And it's like, well, they do you're it looking like, at it wrong. They're doing it like it's a guarantee for a good result. Right. Racing doesn't know you shit. Nothing. That's my favorite thing. Like people are like, Oh, you got this in the bag. Like, I'm like, dude, I still got to finish it. I might not win. Yeah. But I'm not going to be comfortable until you're two laps up. Even then. And then, yeah, I've been a you couple could, club you races ago. Wheel with three I laps was, to go. Up, I was up 14 seconds up on second at Loganville in the pro class. I was like, man, I'm killing it. Hadn't crashed yet. 20 minute race, 14 minutes in. Car flips over on a triple in the air in front of me. Nowhere I could go. I hit him, break my front shock shaft. I was out. Right. I had 14 seconds. Hadn't got a marshal yet. It was 14 minutes in. I was like, dude, this is good. I had no crashes and I'm ripping. I didn't win. I didn't even get podium. I didn't get top five. I didn't get nothing. Yeah. Three years ago, fall brawl led 29 and a half minutes. I'm <laughs> coming around to take the final lap. My left rear fell off. <laughs> I mean, the elusive fall brawl trophy, like that's our big annual race yeah. locally. And I, I had it and 30 seconds to go. That's racing though. Yeah. I mean, it was heartbreaking, but now I look back and I was like, yeah, I had them covered. It was a mechanical something, but I drove good, felt good, but I didn't get the trophy. I got, you know, I'm not a trophy hunter. Yeah. I don't like just try to win trophies. I could care less. Yeah. But that one was one that I would have hung up because yeah. I've been chasing that trophy. That's a, to me, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Fall Brawl's 20, 21 years old, 22 this year. Like, that's a big one to win, you know, sure. for me. Even in the open class. Open class is no joke, dude. Not now. Yeah, that and 40 plus. I mean, you start yeah, thinking 40 plus. 40 is plus. just ex-champion. Pro is pro. Intermediate is just like, if you make the show. Yeah. Just making the show. You know how long? It took me two years to make the show at any of these big races. It's like, not easy. Dude, it's like you get there and... I was at SIC in practice and CJ's like, dude, you're going to, you're going to win intermediate. You're doing so good. I'm like, shut up, dude. Like <laughs> I still have to do it. Like, yeah. And it's like, it was so stacked at SIC and I was just like, all right, I'm in like, thank the Lord. I'm just in the show. And then I walked away to the podium. I was just like, dude, I can't believe I'm even up here with these dudes. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Podiums in a, in an intermediate class is very very awesome yeah top five out of 100 you know because generally nitro or an e-buggy and intermediate mm-hmm. are going to be in the 75 plus at a race time race yeah so the top five at one of those that's that's an accomplishment because the top half of those 100 entries are very good racers oh 100 so i always shoot for b main and intermediate because uh-huh. to me that's an a main in most places mm-hmm. that i would race um you know and you start seeing some of these guys drop down that shouldn't yeah but but this is a thing i understand I can sit here and give you name after name, but they're not breaking any rules, dude. Mm-mm. So you can't complain about it. Yeah. No, no, no. I, and I'm not. And by, honestly, by any means. it's made me so much better. I'm like, oh man, I got to race this dude. This dude dropped down. That dude dropped down. And it's just like, all right, let's see what we can do. Yeah. And I ended up beating one of those guys. And I, I was just say, like, when you beat them, I'm just like, oh, that's fucking so sick. Yep. When you beat them, it's just that much better. Yeah. And it's hard, mm-hmm. but you know, it also helps you laser focus. Okay. I'm not, this isn't a give me, I'm going to go out there. I have to, I have to be perfect. My equipment's got to be perfect. My driving's got to be perfect. And that means 
I can't worry about anything but myself. And still somebody else could fuck up and fuck you up. Oh, yeah. You know, like you said about the broke chalk shaft. I yeah. mean, the uncontrollables happen. It's mm-hmm. racing. Like you said, it's racing. We can't, we can't dwell on it. Dude, I love it so much. Yeah. I'm just so wrapped up in it. I, mean, I told my dad, I'm like, dude, I'm such in a trap. I'm in a deep hole. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ever getting out of it. And he's like, what are you t- You're not. And I was like, you don't get it. Yeah. Like, I'm still pretty new at it. I started in 2020. So, like, when I see these new guys come in and they're just like, any info they can get, they're just like, this is so cool. That's so cool. Oh, tell me about this. Tell me about that. I remember sitting on the computer for two hours, just like digging anything I could find. Yeah. Anything. I was just like, this is so fucking cool. And just, I'm just trying not to lose that. You can go down a rabbit hole. Dude. For sure. You buy way too much stuff you don't need at first, and then you're like, all right, this is what I actually need. That's a good point. I've, <laughs> I've always tried to tell people, because you, you got everyone that they like you. I mean, it could even start off with a slash. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, they come to a race. Like, a pers- good, good example is they come, they run a slash, or they buy a slash, then they're like, oh, we're going to run on your track. Then they find out you have races. Mm-hmm. Then they see all the race car classes. So now they buy one car, and they're like, oh, I got to have more. Next thing you know, they've got, like, within three months, they got three race cars trying to run every class. The cars that barely holding on. Right. I mean, they're, they're not maintenancing. They're not really paying attention to set up. They're just, but they think cr- they are. They think they are. And and that's where, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see people get burnt out. And I've, I've told many people, I'd rather see you spend time with one two wheel or four wheel drive buggy than three classes, mm-hmm. making sure that one's right in concentrating on getting better so you understand than spending all that money. And understandably, that's taking money out of our shop. I mean, I could probably sell that guy, if I told him to only buy one car, I could probably sell him three. Mm -hmm. But I want him to want to be, I want him to stay in the hobby. Because what happens is some people just get so burnt out, they spend a lot of money, they don't feel like they're getting the return, the results, everything's for sale. It's a full sellout, you know? And they're taking time out of their family's life. They also, because they get so addicted, they they, they get away from the family side of things. Then they then there's trouble at home. That's a repeat. That is stereotypical in that? RC, dude. What are you talking you about? That? Everybody's got their <laughs> wife wondering, like, no, because we, we, we can start. Or mine. We first start. It's like you're at. Okay, go race. I'm gone for twelve hours. It takes twelve hours to race an RC car. <laughs> What are you doing for real, though? <laughs> like, True. I'm not, that's straight up the yeah. conversation. And it's just like, all right, come be bored as shit and sit here while I am face down in my car for 12 hours. Yeah, but you'll get to see what we do for 12 hours. And there ain't a chick. I can have some binoculars. I still ain't going to see a chick anywhere near me. Yeah. So don't think it's that. Right. Yeah, th- th- that's uh, my wife. She, she knows this is my life and my yeah. business. So, like, she understands. She doesn't understand, like, being gone for three, four, five days. You know, when I go to DNC, I'm, I'm gone a whole week. Yeah, because you got to leave. You got to get there Monday for Tuesday. Yeah. And then you're going to leave. The it's, race is over Sunday, so you're leaving Monday. Exactly. That's a full it's week. It's a full week. Yeah. And I do, you know, I'm, I'm one of the fortunate ones. I only do, like, half of them. Yeah. You know, imagine if you're Mayfield, Dakota, Cole, these guys. I mean, Cole's in Costa Rica. Or going to Costa Rica this week, you know? Yeah. It's, you can race RC probably four days a week anywhere in this country. And you could probably race RC for a week-long race twice a month, Mm -hmm. every month of the year. So 
it can get expensive. It could take time away from your family. It could be just, but it's a community. Dude, and we all have so friends in all over this country now that because of this hobby, mm -hmm. and the hobby turned into a, a social experiment in my opinion like when when is it too much where is where are we where do we have to back down yeah right now i haven't found any back down you know other than like i got burnt out and i took a couple of years off of competitive racing yeah still work went to races but just wasn't racing it wasn't fun for me for a little while yeah. i had to take that step back i just worry about that for everybody because i mean unless you're getting paid to do it it yeah. could become like i don't want to see people leave you know like tivo in Mayfield, especially, I know they got kids and a wife. Like, that's that's tough. Yeah. Like, a full week not seeing my daughter. That's Harsh. tough. Like I'm it pulls on you. I'm the same way. Like, you get like I wanted to say this for sure on this podcast. Everyone is living their life. This is the one life you're living. This is it. You're in the middle of the one chance you got. Right now, you're doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. Robert's doing it right now. This is our one shot. Be selfish with that shot. I understand there's give and take with that family, kids. Be selfish with your shot. It's okay to be selfish with your shot. Yeah. To do what you want. It's yours. Surround the people around you that agree with what you're trying to do. Look, I can say, I'm going to beat Ryan Mayfield one day. You don't have to believe it. I'm the only one that has to believe it. But surround people at least support what you're trying to do. Yeah. But like, good advice. Just be, you can be selfish with your life no matter what anyone is saying to you. Be selfish with like your that. time. I like that because there, a lot of people are always going to second guess what you're doing. Yeah. Family, friends, people that, you know, haters. Yeah. Everyone's going to second guess you. But Every, if it's what you yeah. want, I agree. Go Everyone's going to so discredit you until you did it. Yeah. Like with my past life with the music stuff, there was no job there. I created that income, that lane for myself, like the touring and stuff like that. So, and after everyone is done, there's people back in high school, like that's so crazy. You ended up doing that. And right. I'm just like, I saw an Avenue and I went for it. That's why I like the Wolf Den stuff. I see an Avenue. I don't know what it is, but I know there's something there. I'm going to exploit the hell out of it until I'm not looking to make a living off of it, but it'd be cool if one day it paid for my racing. Yeah. But I mean, the way I do my racing, even I look at it as a business, like what's most financially beneficial for me today. Do I run my e-buggy three times or rubber my nitro out? Do I go to this race, drive all this way, or do I just go local? What's going to benefit me more real time? Is it going to, is there enough competition for me just to stay local? Okay, cool. It is. I don't need to go over here. Like, just like, exploit the situation you got. And That's try. smart. That's smart because I would assume most people want to go to these bigger races because it's they my feel favorite like time too. that's where everyone's at. Yeah. But in the same token, mm -hmm. sitting back and analyzing, could you better yourself, not just financially or, you know, who you're competing against, but better yourself with more wheel time or... Um, you know, just whatever, whatever the situation mm -hmm. is to stay local and run a, a series point series or a club race or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that kind of situation could 100% benefit all racers if they're smart about it. Yeah. I mean, we all want to be at the big races. Who doesn't want to be it's where my everyone's favorite at? time bitching track 
all the competitions there, as you can see, where you truly stack up. Dude, I love the big races. It's yeah. just so much fun. And I get to be as serious as I want about it. Yeah, like, I do too. I love being serious. Like, I can't have fun unless I'm being serious about it. But I have my buddies around me. We're bullshitting while I'm wrenching. Um, I'm on the mic with Kevin while he's racing. Kevin's, uh, this is his SIC. He made right to the A-Main. I was so pumped for him, Sportsman Nitro. He's, I've been helping him out. Made the A-Main. Eight minutes in, or... Seven minutes in, we're getting ready for his pit stop. I look down and I hear doo, smoke the guardrail on the backside of the track. And I went over and I just put the fuel back in the bottle. <laughs> and I walk over and I was like, You got some good news and some bad news. One Mayfield touched your car. That's pretty cool. And I go, Bad news. You want to hear what he said about your car? <laughs> the whole front end was ripped off of it. Oh, <laughs> just my gosh. like, but I mean, it's just we got like the bullshit like that. It's so fun. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah, I mean, when you a perfect example of not taking it serious is last year when I was at Nationals, I was pitting for Camden, mm -hmm. and uh, he's been ripping in truck, by the way. Oh, he's been ripping, ripping. buggy as well, but he's he's putting in the time. He deserves it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he, we didn't have a pit bag. I don't know why they didn't have a pit bag. <laughs> he, they live there. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> so his mom on Maine's day brought us a twelve pack of tacos uh -huh. or something like that. I taped that son of a bitch up. We use a Taco Bell box as our pit bag, dude. I mean, everybody, I put stickers on it, you know, just don't take it so serious. Like we were, and that's the pro class. Yeah. <laughs> At Nats trying to make a, make a main, you know, like, you know, and, and he was taking it serious. It's not mm -hmm. like he was out there jocking, you know, he was doing a hundred percent what he needed to do. I, on the other hand was, I had everything covered. I'm, I'm his pit man. I got you, but we're going to use a Taco Bell box, you know? And that's just the way you have to look at things just in a way that it's not going to stress you out. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we talked about this with Lucas on the podcast that drops today. It's all about, it's a hobby. Mm. There's not very few people making money. Yeah. And we just all have to realize that. Yeah. And, and do what you're doing. Like be serious about it, but have fun. Yeah. I'm serious. I hate losing, but yeah. that's why I had to take a break because I was getting too competitive with myself and yeah. I wasn't putting in enough work. So I couldn't be competitive with myself. It was never going to happen. That yeah. Way. Because yeah. I'm not doing the work and I got to, I got to relax. I got to, I had to let myself just get some Zen, mm -hmm. relax. So just not worry about racing, worry about the work, you know? Yeah. Um, but I love racing. I've been racing since I was five years old. Something. Dude, I love any form of racing. Yeah, exactly. Any. I came from dirt bikes, to RC, um, Really happy I never found karting because it would be a disaster of a checkbook. Yep. But like F1, I just. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> like any kind of racing. I'm not a big team sports guy because I really like racing because it's like, it's him against him. Yeah. It's all one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, everyone has their pit guys. I'm not trying to discredit our pit team and stuff, but like it's my car on the track against the 14 other guys. Right. I love it. Yeah, you get the glory. At, at the end of the day, you you you're the pilot. You're yeah. the man. You're the you're the name that people are you know watching. You yeah. know, regardless of who's in the pit lane, who's in pit lane. You know, or if it's a bigger form of motorsports. Yeah. You know, um, which brings up like motocross. So you you said that you've raced motocross in the past. How long did you race for? What was your like? What level did you make it to? So I started. When I was twelve. 
Started when I was 12, and me and my dad, it was every Tuesday and Thursday practice during the week, racing on the weekends, all the way up till I was old enough to drive myself. And then I was about 19, and we had to sell it. It's just I needed to start school. It was it's expensive, dude. Dirt bikes are so expensive. Like then I got back into it around 25 because usually if you're not making it by 16, 17, you're not in the A, a class and amateur. It ain't happening. Now was there goes A, B. So B is pretty much intermediate. If you get it in RC terms. A is A is top level. B is intermediate. Sportsman to see. I was racing B. I was just middle of the middle of the road. I wasn't anything great. But then I was 25 and I could start paying for my stuff. And I started training with a trainer at a compound. And it was three days a three days a week, nine to two on the bike. An hour in the gym afterwards. It was I was burning three thousand calories a day. Days I wasn't riding, it was 55-minute run with a floor workout every single day that I wasn't racing. It was a floor workout every single night, no matter what. One day off, that was Monday or Sunday. Eating super clean, the best shape I've been in my life. 30-minute uh, motos, my heart rate at 175 average. That's pretty low because usually when I started, it was 190, maxing at 204 which is crazy high yeah if you go ask a doctor you can't maintain that for 30 minutes you'll die but these pro guys do that's why moto is the most intense racing most physical demanding sport in the world i will put it up against any kind of sport you throw at me it's mentally tough mentally challenging because it's scary as hell yeah and you push through it you have to be the manliest dude or the baddest chick because there's some ripping chicks the tracks are so gnarly Going to a first turn wide open, 40 other guys, bar to bar, inches away from each other, being like, no, I'm going to nut up and be the first guy into that corner. Right. Gnarly, dude. And you're going to do it for 30 minutes plus two? Right. There was times when I was training, I got off and I could barely see, and I'd find the closest, there was a pool on the property, I'd just strip down and fall into the pool until I'd stopped feeling dizzy. Mm. And then get up and go do it again, because you had to do it twice. My heart rate was 190, 202 that day at 110 degrees, and training for nationals where are you training at a moto x compound it's in culloden it's matt walker at the time he was my father-in-law so i got the family deal sure uh, and then grandma got to watch the kid it was i got to live my moto life that was what i wanted forever just being fully in it that's rad and i raced in uh, washington state getting ready for nationals loretta lens uh qualifiers because it goes qualifier then you get qualified to the regional the regional the national and i didn't make the region the national but then I raced like a national in Alabama shortly after and I raced, it was 30 plus B class and I got my first championship. So I trained really hard for that. I didn't even like, there's 99% of people that race motocross don't even make it to the nationals. And then there's like point half a percentage of that to have a number one plate. I got a number one plate sits top of my garage. It's my pride and joy. Heck yeah. Number one plate. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. But then shortly after, I broke my sternum, broke my back for the second time, and the hospital bill scared me more than anything. Yeah. Because insurance, I paid 100, 150 bucks a month for insurance, and that's all they paid in my, of my hospital bill. And it was, it was a lot. Mm. Yeah. They thought I tore my heart. And I went to one doctor, 
And every time I breathed, uh, it was clicking in my chest. And he thought it was a tear in my heart. And he's like, you need to go to the hospital right now. And I don't know if you're going to make it there. And I was just like, fuck. Yeah. I was like, I, I truly thought it was my sternum. But when you got to get serious, when a doctor says sure. that to you. So, yeah. And then the hospital bill was so much. And it kind of just like put a bad taste in my mouth. And that's when I found RC. Uh, I mean, could have saved your life. Definitely going to definitely going to save you pain. Yeah, that didn't, <laughs> like that never it crossed my mind getting hurt on dirt bike because it was right. such comes with the territory. Yeah, I I'm, I'm one to tell you from experience when I raced, whatever I raced, cars, motorcycles, four wheelers, mm -hmm. anything. I never thought about crashing or pain or whatever. Mm -hmm. I dealt with it. It hurt. It, it happened. The suffering got addicting to me, like training and like pushing through 30 minutes, like killing your body, like. It got addicting. Well, it's a challenge in itself. Yeah. Right? Like, like you I start off, you couldn't do it for like, let's just say 15 minutes. Yeah, that's, and that's then, a big hurdle to get over. Yeah, so you're like, I can't even do 15. I got to do 30 plus two. Yeah. So now you're like in your mind, you're competing with yourself. Uh -huh. You're trying to get to 17, you know, 20. Yeah. 30. 30 plus two. I remember the day I come to the track, it was 30 minutes and I wasn't out of breath. And I was just like, I'm a monster, And that's dude. what I was going to say. So when you <laughs> finally got to the point where it's like 30 plus two, you're like, all right, how can I do this and get off the bike or finish and not feel like I just did 30? Because yeah. then there's that that next step, that next level. Yeah, now when I work out, if I'm not killing myself, I'm like, this is such a waste of time. Yeah. Like, I feel like I have to kill myself when I work out now just to be like, I did what I needed to do. Yeah. Well, you're like me. You're little. We're little guys. Mm -hmm. You work out like still. I'm like a motocross guy. Yeah, I run like five miles a week, three to four times a week. Yeah. So I, I do a little bit more of like CrossFit side of things. Mm -hmm. and um, I just run. I like. See, I, I hate running. So I can just go outside and do it. I don't have to go to a gym. Yeah. I can do it on my own time. But the difference for me, two things. One, I hate running. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do it at the gym, but. Treadmill sucks. Yeah. And I don't run on a, on a treadmill. We do all CrossFit. So we like, we'll run around a building. We'll do some things. But for me, I'm not good at doing stuff by myself. Mm -hmm. I need someone to push me. So that's why I do the CrossFit yeah. versus like just going to a gym or going running. I need that, that built I need to plan. show the person I'm next to that I'm doing more than what I should. Like, I kind of feel that. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'm running, and then I'll pass someone in the street. I'm like, oh, my pace picks up just a little bit. I'm just like, there's no freaking point for that, but why? But Yeah. Well, they, you know, but that's the whole thing. You're a competitive person. Yeah. You come from racing. You come from, you know, trying to be self-made. You're a competitor, man. It's, yeah. It, a lot of people don't have that. Yeah, a lot of people are in, and, and it, there's it's cool. It's yeah. cool to just be okay with being a nine to five, you know, working construction, working in an office, being a banker, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's okay. There, there's nothing wrong with being that person, and there's nothing wrong with being someone that's all in, doing yeah. something that they want to do, and they might fail. Like I've always been one, never never worried about failing. Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about is not being able to provide for my family. That's mm -hmm. it. Like I don't if I fail today. I'll get a job tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I will provide. I'm never going to just be mm -hmm. nothing, you know? Yeah. My nothing is different than your nothing. You know, we all have different interpretations on, yeah. on where we're going with things. But the motocross world, like you said, those are some bad motherfuckers, dude. dude. Those guys are At that level, early. when you get to like Supercross, AMA, mm -hmm. Outdoor, and Supercross, you are definitely the top. Those top ten that can are fighting for wins are the top best. In the top three, those guys? Yeah. They're the best in shape, 
best fucking athletes, you yeah. know, I know you say you're not much in the team sports. The only other at there's only two other athletes that I would kind of put you know, like near that. Mm. And I would put like the top tier of NFL players near that for the yeah. simple fact that those guys are just fucking machines. Yeah. And MMA. Yeah. You to to go You have to fill the many rounds at that level of MMA or boxing, I guess you could yeah. put them both in there. Um you've got to be in some incredible shape shape. And plus like people are like these guys are assholes. I was like, do you understand that they have to believe that they're never going to lose? It's never their fault that they've lost. It's like that ego is so precious just as much as the mental mental. That's the mental strength. And also the physical strength. Like you have, they truly believe in their bones. They're never going to lose. It's a good point. And like the motocross guys, they're always blaming the bike because the, the egos, and you're like, they're an asshole. I'm like, yeah, there's some dudes that are rad that are fast and they don't have, they like Adam Cincerillo, he kind of, and Dean Wilson, they're crazy good riders and they've kind of balanced it well. But you get some of these other dudes and you're wondering why they're such dicks. It's like, they're going to war every single weekend. Yeah. They have at to a high believe. level. Exactly. Not not just like to go check and, their ego when they retire. But right now, it's just they have to be that way. Yeah. Don't be their friend now because they don't want to be your friend now either. Yeah. Because it's such they bring a, their friends with them. Exactly. They got the yes men. Yeah. But I, I agree. I, I think at this point, you know, I, I even to be honest with you, you can see that same mentality at the top echelon of RC. A hundred percent. And there's nothing we uh, I had this conversation with um, with Chase. I want to say. Maybe, um, it might've been Cole, but I remember being at wicked weekend outdoor at S and B two years ago when during COVID and he couldn't have it and two or three years ago. And there was this incident where a football was kicked by Cavalieri where it was a rain delay oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the, the, the football hit some guy's airstream or motorhome, and the dude, like they apologize. And he's like, you guys are just dicks. You think you can get away with everything. Cause you're pro drivers in Mayfield's like, motherfucker, we're not working right now. Yeah. We're just like We've you clocked out. We're clocked <laughs> out. we we work when we're on that driver's stand yeah. and in our, under our tent mm -hmm. right now we're buddies. We're hanging with our buddies, drinking beer, kicking footballs. Yeah. You know, if you want to come up and talk to me when I'm up there, I'm going to be, I'm going to tell you, help you, whatever. But when I'm down here, I'm hanging with my buddies. Yeah. And if you want to fucking hang with our, you know, you can you just don't got to be a dick. But that's just when they are in that mode of being racers, that's what they're paid to do. Yeah, hey, I'm going to talk shit on you, uh, this driver, constantly. He's an asshole. He's a dick. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to go talk to him. And I'm going to wonder why he's so quiet and why he's so standoffish. Right. That's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird that he's a dick can and you, he's just protecting himself. Can you understand that? Like, God forbid. Why are people so naive? I mean, pros are pros for a reason. Yeah. They're the best. They're they're paid to do it. Do you think that TLR is going to pay Dakota if he wasn't fucking amazing? Yeah. No. <laughs> they're not. So he has to do his job, and his job sometimes takes all the other elements out of place. He's not, he might not be thinking, oh, I need to help this guy right now. I'm in the middle of trying to win a race so we can sell cars, sell engines, sell tires. Yeah. That's his job. He's super quiet. I've never talked to him on this podcast was the first time I saw him as him. And I was like, man, he's pretty rad. Maybe him being overly quiet is a defense mechanism 
Yeah. So people don't come up to him, and so he can handle his shit. It's very possible. But it, he it, looks like a, a rad dude. And he is. Like, I, I got, I'm personally grateful for the fact that he started coming to Masters because that's when I got to learn more about him long before we had a relationship in business. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the ones that would stay after on Friday night and drink beers with us when a lot of the pros pack up their stuff, head to the hotel and glue tires yeah, or whatever. And, and I don't blame them. Some guys don't even drink. It's, it's yeah. not even about the drinking, honestly. It's more about like Taking just hanging out. Hang. It's hanging out with the people. And that's what I try to get across. There's a few guys that just don't drink. Like Dustin Evans, super cool guy. He doesn't drink. I wish he would hang out. Drink, yeah. a, drink a Coke and, or, or water or Gatorade, whatever. I feel, like they feel like they have to drink if they want to hang, but it's not the case. It's not the case. <laughs> the, you, it, I, we never push anybody to in, yeah. participate in the drinking we side. We just want you to hang. Exactly. It's a social. Mm-hmm. It's a social event. At that point, after the Friday night's done, it's all about hanging out with the people that are surrounding you. You know, it gives people that don't get the chance, like you just said, you've never talked to Dakota. Yeah. But if you're there on a Friday night, you could have walked up to him while he's drinking a beer, cheers to him, and said, "You're awesome," or you know, "What are you? What are you doing?" You know, you read my mind. No empty koozies allowed. <laughs> but yeah, that's. I think that's that's also a very important uh, thing for people to know is like their egos don't precede them. They they have that ego because that is who they are right now. They yeah. have to be that good. They have to. Some people just in their mind have to tell themselves they're that good to be that good. Like it's yeah. part of their psyche. You got to believe the lie you're telling yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that goes in a lot of situations just to get you through things. Yeah. So did you have a big come off? Like, did you real big wreck when you obviously you broke your sternum, sternum racing? Yeah. Sternum sucked because uh, apparently I like to sneeze when my sternum's broken. <laughs> and dude, every time I was about to sneeze, I'm like, here comes the worst. You don't realize how much this part of your body like I was getting my, uh, they're doing the x-ray inside my chest and I'm sitting up and I could barely move and I had to lay back. If you sit up and lay back and feel your muscles Everything move, pushing, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Even if you held me, your body still tenses up as you go back as a defense mechanism. So I was like, all right, put pillows behind me. I'm just going to fall and it's going to suck, but it's the only way I'm laying down right now. And I was like mentally just and i just relaxed my body and i fell back and it hurt so bad because my back was broken and my sternum was broken but even with the nurse's help it just hurt too much because immediately when you lay back your body tenses up naturally yeah you can't control it, it. takes your breath away too so i just had to took a slam with a broken back and a broken sternum and man it fucking sucked uh, what'd you break in your back compressed fracture teeth four and five. I did it once before, right when I crashed, I knew I did it again. So I was doing, we're working on uh, flat corner drills, but standing up. So this is the first time the trainer was actually saying, dude, Kyle's ripping. He's never said that to me. Like the kids that I rode against were 10 year old kids that were already getting paid six figures by manufacturers because they're that fast. Like they would ride circles around me. So I got my ass kicked every single day. And I was working this corner, standing up, sweeper, and the front end washes. And immediately, when your front wheel turns sideways, it turns into a front brake. And I went over, and I thought I was going to roll. I was going to roll out, so I tucked my head. But I wasn't quite enough to roll. So all I did was my neck bent, and I just drugged the ground. 
and my nose of my helmet pushed down and it broke my sternum. Then it compressed, fractured my back. Yep. And I got up and I was like, please no. Like I just got my championship and I was like, feeling good. Yeah, I knew it was broken my back and my sternum had an idea because it kept popping. But then when the doctor said it might have been my heart, that's when they x-rayed my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. But like, it was funny because right when I was getting out of moto, I started hanging out with Ogden and Brunson and they were getting into it. And I took them riding once and I showed them how fast like I was just to put them in place. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, they're like, oh, tables shit. have turned a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, you guys look like freaking new sportsmen out here. And I look like you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, I'm good. I don't need to ride anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but I got you my still cha- own a bike. Yeah. I got my championship bike. I want to keep it forever. Mm. Then I also have a, my chopper. Super long, skinny front end. It looks like I got an easy riders. I built it with nice. my best friend. Tall sissy bar, hard tailed, no front brake, barely any front lights on the thing. It's so chopper. That's it's the chopper of the chopperest bike. I had a, um, I had a, a Santee hardtail um, custom low mm-hmm. ride. I mean, it was pretty sick. All old school looking, red, red comb and black. Mm-hmm. I actually sold that bike to build the big wall that separates my hobby shop and the track. Yeah. I was just broke. Yeah, I had, uh, once again, I'm repeating myself from the podcast before, but I, I just, I, everything was maxed out. When I moved from my little shop, uh-huh. which was only 5,000 square feet, my hobby shop was twice the size of the room we're in right now. The track, <laughs> I had two tracks. and But when I moved over there, I was on a hope and a dream. Just like when I started just the business. It yeah, yeah, it had to work. It, mm-hmm. it literally had to work or... Just like when I opened the first day, it had to work or I was just bankrupt. Yeah. I threw everything <laughs> I had at it. But, um, yeah, I had to sell my chopper, man, or, you know, my, my custom. And But when I had my baby, I had no desire to ride, period. I don't want to say I was scared, but I just thought that my daughter deserved to have a father. And I'm yeah. not scared on a bike. So yeah. that's my problem. My thing is when my daughter, I couldn't wait to share it with her. Like, cause I knew what moto gave me mentally and I was like, oh, I need to give her that. Like she has an RC car and I can't wait till I see her finish her first race by herself. And she likes, uh, cause you talk to her and she's like, I don't want to play soccer anymore. I was like, well, you got to do something. Yeah. She goes, I just want to be a racer. How old is oh, she? She's five. Okay. She's like, I just want to be a racer. I want to race RC cars with you. I'm like. Well, you got to practice. Like, we're not just going to show up in a race and then you're looking at the clouds while dad's helping you with the wheel. You know what I mean? Like, you got to, I don't care what she does, but I just want her to be in it. Yeah. Like how I feel. We're the same way in our household. Dude, I just like, I can't wait to see whatever that is for her. Yep. And then I'll probably be that dad. Yeah. On the side, just like, let's go. Oh, I'm, dude, I'm. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I'm all in. I can't help my daughter with gymnastics. That's what she's competitive in. Yeah. I can't help her. But when I'm there, I'm that guy. Like I'm the proudest of proud when she does well, and I'm I'm not hard on her, but we debrief. Mm-hmm. I talk to her about it. You know, my wife's a little more on the hard side. Not yeah. not like hard on her. Like she's not really hard on her as she is on. I don't. I hate judge sports. Yeah, hate them. It's so like gray. cheerleading. It's such a gray area. Yeah. So my family, my daughters, my oldest was a cheerleader judge. and and she was in pageants judge <laughs> right my new daughter my my youngest daughter is a gymnast uh-huh. 
And I know she's going to get into cheer. Yeah. Because her big sister is now a cheer coach and she just wants to be like her sister. Yeah. However, Eureka, she wants to do volleyball. Oh. And I'm pumped. <laughs> I am pumped because now I have a situation where I could actually, I know enough about volleyball where I could help. Mm-hmm. But like, if she's really serious about it, I would even figure I would, I would go all in and You're try to become a coach or something. Everything about it. Absolutely. If she, if we get to the point where she's playing and she's serious, it's not just a fad. It's like a, you know, one and done type thing. If she continues, I'm going to get involved. Like I'm going to figure out a way to where I can be part of that mm-hmm. moving forward. I can't help her with gymnastics. Yeah. It's not my thing. My daughter rock climbing. We've been rock climbing every like couple weeks. We'll go rock climbing. There's like a four story wall and she'll climb halfway up it. Nice. I'm halfway up it. And I'll climb the wall next to her. She's like, I want you to come with me. So I'll climb. It's the auto auto belays where you can hook yourself up and just jump down and climb again. There's no other person. Cool. So she'll climb up one side and I'll climb up next to her. And when she starts getting nervous, and understanding that fear and being like, it's okay to feel this. You're going to feel it because I'm up on this wall too and I feel it with you. But you can learn to not let that control you. Yeah. And it's such a, a powerful tool. And I'm getting on the wall and I'm like, don't look down, look at me. I'm like, where's the next, where's the next hold? Just, just go one more. Just go one more. And I'm like, and then I'm just talking to her and I'm like, look how close you are to the top. She got to the top. There's not even another nice. adult in there. And it's a four-story wall. It's huge. Yeah. Like any normal person would be super nervous up there. She goes up and she touches the top. And I'm like, I'm so damn proud of you. Absolutely. She's like harnessing that fear and being like, okay, this is okay, but I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Like that's it so takes, sick. It takes getting. That's such a like a, an accomplishment useful to understand. tool that can be used in everything. Yeah. 100%. I'm just on the wall, and I'm, like, pulling my phone out. I'm like, this is so sick. You're up here, dude. <laughs> You're like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm learning. So my daughter's 10, and we're learning a little different battle right now. We're learning the mean girl battle, right? So I'm trying to teach her that it's okay to be upset. It's okay that, you know, your feelings are going to get hurt. Yeah. And I'm trying to teach her that it can't be bigger than everything else. When she comes home upset, I'm there. I'm going to console her. I love her. She's my everything. But I'm also trying to be a little bit tough on her in the sense of, all right, you've told me. I've told you. Now it's done. Yeah. I was really proud of her. We had a moment last week where she uh, something happened at practice, at gymnastics practice. Little girl she likes got said something nasty to her and said something like she was going to you know, have her kicked off the team. I mean, she can't. You know, yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like little girls saying stupid stuff. But she came in, she was upset, she started crying. I told her, I was like, it's okay. You know, like, let's talk about it. We talked about it on the way home. By the time we got home, I said, listen, you told me everything. I told you what happens and where we need to go with this. I say, don't walk inside and retell this whole story to your mother yeah. and get upset again. I was so proud in the fact that she walked in there and that story, the only time her mother, my wife learned about it, was from me mm-hmm. when we were laying in bed and I was telling her about what happened that day and I did it on purpose. I wanted, I wanted my daughter to know it's okay to be upset, but don't, it's, you've got to let that go. You got to process it. And just... Exactly. And at that age, I feel like if she can learn that early on, we're not going to see her have these phobias or these problems later in life well, that, it. yeah, like where she on. drama is always part of her life. 
Yeah. It's always, always going to happen. It's going to happen. It's coming from all directions. Yeah. But we have to process it, understand it, be done with it. Yeah. And, and, uh, my dad, I wasn't taught that. Not that I'm ever part of drama or whatever, but me and my best friend do, we grew up and we were just the who gives a fuck kids. Like, whatever you know yeah when we go smoke some weed or drink some <laughs> beer like you know in high school it was like fuck they can have all that you know yeah. but i this day and age different these snapchat kids these instagram kids like it's just dude talk about drama take a step back on that track on race day dude rc drama is such the biggest fucking bullshit yeah like the deeper i got in i'm getting deeper and deeper and deeper every day in rc and it's just like what what are we what are you guys arguing about right yeah. now like why does it matter dude it's such a fords joke. and chevys baby dude fords and chevys, fords and chevys. <laughs> yeah, it, like it's i tell that to people all the time it's like you just just let it go it's fords and chevys yeah, there's, there's a point it's just like i'm done talking about it don't bring it up to me anymore yeah like you guys can talk all you want about bloods it. and crips <laughs> i'm done <laughs> yeah man just bring a cooler full of beer and, and be ready to hang out. And I'm your buddy, man. Like, yeah. I, I just, I, I want to be there to hang out. That's my best friends now are at the track. Even in moto, I feel way more comfortable in an RC setting. It, and it happened quick. Like in the pits, like you go to the track and you know everybody. It's so rad. Like, it's such a rad. I know I have my certain guys that I'm really close to, but it's just like, dude, I'm so comfortable. I go to the RC track now. My little girl comes with me. We step out of the car. Oh, hey, so-and-so. Bye, Dad. <laughs> I'm like, cool, bye. Like, nice knowing you. Right. And But I, she can go into any trailer, and I trust every person there. Right. If I don't know where she's at, I'm asking. They're like, oh, she's in, hanging out with the kids in Jeremy's trailer. She's in Tyrone's trailer. She's in Cam's trailer. She's on the playground. It's just so rad that she's, like, enjoying it, too, with me. Yeah. So it's like that community is like I'm so, so in motocross like two things one you didn't feel like that fellowship i was a lot younger and i was very shy when i was younger okay. and the first thing i told myself in rc because i that you know you get that itch when you first get it it's like i'm not going to be shy when i need help yeah and i forced myself to be very social but even in most situations i'm pretty quiet i listen more than i talk but that's a good quality anyways. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't have that quality. I'll just go, okay, and I'll have my own opinion, and I'm not going to even fight you because I don't want to deal about fighting you. Right. You might even think I have your opinion, but in my head I'm like, okay, that's fine. Right. So the other thing that I want to know how you feel is in motocross, do they give you the information like someone would give you in RC? It's There's not – see, in motocross, it's setup is not a thing. It's set your sag – Grab some fucking throttle and who has the most balls. Cause it's really, it shows on the track who's going to be committed to break themselves or not. You got to be a little stupid to go fast. That's what they say. The, the well, I mean, dumbest, look at James Stewart. The I dumbest mean, people are the fastest people. Yeah. You got to have turn no your brain fear. Off. No fear. And it's really more just like, it's more ego because it's who's going to be the manly student to fucking just twist it. Because in set up it like I didn't know anything about cars. At all. I'm not a car guy. Like if I want a car, I think it's because it looks cool, not because it's like it has this motor and it. it's freaking sick. It has this right. cam shaft, whatever, fucking spark plug. <laughs> but it's like in moto, it's just like balls. Who has the fucking biggest balls? Yeah. 
Which you gotta have big set even to throw your leg over. And like my got like my level is like say in RC terms, bottom of the B main and intermediate, maybe. And this is the first time that I've always wanted to be the guy that had the skill to get me like an athlete, like a skater that's like legit and people want to be a part of his RC is the first time I've had that. In moto, I was trying hard, but I knew it was never going to happen. I would just be like a local ripper, but it's like you go to any decent race and I'm not even close to the podium. Yeah. But like any average person sees me rather like, you're the freaking fastest dude I've ever seen. Yeah. But in like RC is the first time I'm like, like you were the first sponsor to come up to me like with Ultimate and be like, hey, I'm interested in you. And I was like, that was enough for me. Yeah. That's just flattering that like my skills showed you that I could do it or you saw something because it was with Wes because I I ran I had reds mm -hmm. and I blew my reds out one day and he threw an ultimate in my car and I didn't have any issues and I was like well this is going to be where I go next year and then you offered me the reds not the reds the ultimate deal and I was like dude this is so sick like this guy just offered me a deal yeah and I didn't even ask him like no we one. try to do that that's that's one thing that we're pretty at you know Lucas is my eyes and yeah. and then also I I'm at a lot of events and mm -hmm. Wes actually reached out to me. He's like, I don't know what you're doing next year. And then I talked to Lucas about you. He had seen you at uh, something on, I forget which race or two. He was at a white whale trip. Yeah. Probably SOS. Yeah. The SOS. He did all those at, at that time. And, uh, and I, I asked about you and he's like, yeah, he's showing promise. And it, so we're, we're one of those brands that are trying to find the people. We do obviously take resumes and yeah. I mean, you have to because you're going to lose them to everybody else. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's important. We're, we're missing that in the industry. Yeah, like just, you said about like just your, your wolf den, like yeah, just showing guys that probably will never get that. They're like, you give them that little bit of, all right, you're doing something good right now. Like, and I see it. And when you're explaining it to me, you're comprehending what I'm saying. Now, keep going. It's going to start to become something. Like, you see the seed. Um, there's a couple guys on my team. They were, like, having their own conversation, and they were talking in a way. They're like, yeah, I'm starting to drive. Like, you got to start driving with purpose, man. Like, telling the other guy. I was like, he's fucking getting it, yeah, dude. Like, he's, he's understanding he's not driving with his, his freaking finger and turning his brain off. Yeah. And then, but, like, with the RC stuff with... I had to always, like with, when I started hanging out with Cole, I leveraged my video stuff. Yep. Like this first, if you look at his past 10 YouTube videos that were all my videos, and I get to sit next to him in his trailer and learn everything he's doing. And now, like, and as it progressed, like I got a freaking fast track to the HB car. Yeah. And it was so helpful. And then being a moto guy is a cheat code in RC, dude. Oh, yeah. It's a cheat code. Well, you guys understand. So I come understand. from old track. Yeah. So learning off road was tough for me. Mm -hmm. You put me on an oval track even today and I can be competitive or, or, or learn it quicker. Yeah. You know? So yeah, the understanding how things work, where to how throttle. How line works. That's a slick spot. I know that's going to be a slick spot. Right. There's going to be traction there, even though it's loose and wet. I can lay in there. Right. Like there's so many little things that I immediately translate over why Born Horse was so good off the rip. Yep. Like, oh yeah, he took off fast, man. I'm I'll never forget hanging out. I was with Larry Ward, Big Bird, yeah, down at um, my first psycho, and that was 
born or might have been my second, but it was one of my first two psychos and born horse was there and he had just come off his injury and he was running for serpent. And I remember I was hanging out with big bird and he was talking to Joe and like Joe was fast, like right Mm -hmm. out the rip pro class, not worrying about anything, (laughs) just driving, just driving. And he understood it. And it's like you said, it's, it just translates. It's like a cheat code being a, a, a moto guy. And the I race, never was. Racecraft is like how you race, how you set someone up. Like it's the guy in front of you has no idea, but you're like chess move, chess move, chess move, take. Yep. But I think coming from any race background, you learn that, you know, mm-hmm. you learn certain things. Race line, you know, you'll figure it out if you're like, I'm an old guy. I figure out a race line with, with moto and, yeah. and off road pretty quick. You understand principles of setup. Mm hmm. I understand you have to piss your car off. Yeah. Like going like this, your car's going like this. Yeah. It's that's, not that's like this, yeah, you, you know, like this, <laughs> it, it, all that stuff translates. So if you don't come from a motor sports background, period, you're definitely at a disadvantage t- from the start, mm-hmm. unless you're a savant, you know, yeah. but if you, if you understand some of the principles, you're already set, like it, it's got you a leg in You're you're already, you know, mm-hmm. one step ahead of most. But being a motocross guy, someone that's understood jumps and, and stuff like that, total advantage. Yeah. And that's something I had to learn on my own. Yeah. Like, I mean, going back to you guys looking for talent, and I was leveraging my video work, obviously, for everything in RC. And I was like, man, it'd be so cool to, like, not have to do X, Y, and Z to get, like, I honestly got my first HP deal for, with Cole because Cole told Chad hooked me up because I was doing all his YouTube stuff. And I was like, that's sick. But wouldn't it be really rad, Kyle, if, like, you started getting good enough where Chad's like, I want to better your deal. Yeah, I want to bump you up. Yeah, and it started happening, and it happened when I re-signed. He bumped me up, and I was just like, man, it's starting to turn where it's like, you might saw me first as a video guy. TJ, True Form, like, I would help do his ads. Um, I helped do... Like the intro, yep, sickest intro in RC. It is the sickest intro <laughs> in RC. This is the guy That's right what here. They say. <laughs> That's but, uh, what I say anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I was pumped on that one. That was but so then, good. um, yeah, just trying to like, like I was like, yo, TJ, you could pay me cash or you can pay me in tires. Like right. either way, it's equal to me. Right to you, you're gonna you yeah. need tires. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, and then all of a sudden, like. Yeah, at SIC, TJ's like, dude, you've gotten, like, really fast. You might win this. And he's watching every round of everything. The first person I looked down to see after I got fifth place at SIC coming from the back, TJ. I'm just like, dude, that dude is so rad. Yep. And Daniel, I'm just like, man. I don't know about the Daniel, but TJ, <laughs> TJ's rad. <laughs> you don't know about Chavez? Chavez, I think he's a killer. Like, I'm pretty sure he's killed a few people. <laughs> He sent, nah. he sent me some videos, like, he's stone-cold freaking murdering people down he's in Miami. He's probably spending too much time inside. It's probably, he needs to go outside in the sun a little more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I love Chavez, Yeah, man. because he's we, a, he's me a and trip. TJ, he used to work for Supra, and I used to tour with Steve Aoki, who was sponsored by Supra, and we were actually pretty close back in the day. Like, we ended up going to the Supra warehouse to skate. I was on tour with Steve, and TJ was like, yeah, I was there. It's just crazy, like yeah. Just we just end up coming back, and people like, look different at certain times too. Like I'm watching the video, which we'll talk about your your career and past, but like 
That hair, bro. Dude, my hair was. You thought Ogden's hair was long? Yeah, I mean, dude, dude my hair you, was this long. Yeah, but like, tied it up. I mean, I don't know if I would recognize you today from then. Yeah, you know what I mean. If I was TJ or you know, exactly. You know, not the not the recognition part as well, but like the fact is, you guys have crossed paths. You yeah. you, you lived you led similar lives. Mm. You know, he was a skater. He was he got into this with on road. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he wasn't even an off road guy. He he quickly found out that money's an off road. If you yeah. want to make money <laughs> or try to make money, it's an off road. But yeah, TJ's rad, man. He's he's one of my closer friends when we travel. He's he's the guy I'm looking for when I get to the track. Like, where's my drinking buddy? Or where you know, we've partied, man. In Spain, we partied hard. Me and Dude, TJ. I know. I got a Facetime from him and Ogden. They're all at the restaurant with like lime time and dude we have a good time that was good. he's that's a big reason why i never left hot race i almost left hot race and then i was like no way dude i can't leave tj like he's such a rad dude like i the fact the tires could be shit and i'd be like i want to freaking hang with tj and chavez like there's i love those so guys. if they go to another tire brand you're following i probably would yeah 100 percent. but that's loyalty that's a that's, that's another thing that's kind of missing yeah in this industry like i have buddies that work at rockstar and i was i never was sponsored by rockstar but i was i supported him yeah so i was like dude they're called the dude bros on tour and i was like dude i'm, I'm rockstar <laughs> out i never even had a rockstar before <laughs> i'm just like dude, i'm all rockstar out hey i mean uh, you, i'm 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 that guy i support my friends mm -hmm. normally i'm wearing my friend's stuff. I we was going to wear a racecraft shirt, but since Chase will wear it, I was like, they're in hard shirt to work. No, that's way fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> racecraft is all about, they get the, they got a sign on there and they get the, they're the only sponsor we have at the moment. So they get the in video, but we, uh, I think you're going to see as it evolves more of what you're talking about and what I like of people supporting the people that they like versus, mm -hmm going for better deals. I think we're seeing a shift in that. And I like that because mm -hmm. the going for better deals situation is just so exhausting. I'd, I'd pay full price for an HB because I like that car. 100%. And if that's, Whether or not yeah, I got a deal or not, I'm running that car. That's good because there's not a lot of people that think like that, yeah. unfortunately. Because when it comes down to it, if it costs, if I had to pay someone 600, 700 bucks, to guarantee me a win at these big races, here's my card. Like, I will run this car because this is what I'm comfortable with. I know how to work on it. I know what it's going to do. I know it's good things as well as it's bad things. And I know how to fix it. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't see myself stepping away from anything other than that just because, like, I'm so comfortable. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I, I like that. I, I like the fact that you're loyal to a brand because, for one, you found that you liked it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that kind of annoys me the most is when people come to us and want a deal on something that they've never tried before. And Dude. it's it's annoying, but... You're saving we, what? Yeah, you know right you're then they're what? only trying to save money. Not They're not trying to better their, their RC experience. It's like, would you rather pay more and get good results on something you're comfortable with, or would you pay more in the long... If you're cheap, you can't afford, what is the saying? If, it's a freaking good saying. <laughs> if you're if you're cheap, something about if you're cheap, you can't, if you want to be cheap, you never, you can't afford, if you're cheap, you can't afford cheap because cheap is shit. Yeah. And you're going to be buying more of it. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. 
you know, like, quality over quantity, right? So if you're trying to a tire deal, for instance, if yeah. you're if you're trying to win, and the best tire is J Concepts right now, okay. Well, if you're not on that deal, mm-hmm. you're on Hot Race, okay. I can't run those. How am I going to make up for the half a half a tenth or yeah. three tenths that I'm slow? You got to find it in other ways. It's not. We saw this happen at Worlds. People that were on different brands because Hot Race was the fastest tire. They literally dropped their brands at Worlds. The people that helped them get there. That's. And I'm then, surprised even Hot Race helped that situation. But Hot Race, Nikola just wanted everybody to be on their. Well, tire. I could see that too. I could well, definitely see that too. Right. And it's it, just like yeah, we had. X, but y, that's a shit top. show, in my opinion. Like. Oh, yeah. Loyalty should mean something, in my opinion. The people that did that, and some of those people race S Works cars, oh, which oh, I'm, I know I'm part of. It. I got the the text like, "This is fucking bullshit." Right, but the fact of the matter is, if I'm a tire guy, if I'm that brand of tire, you no longer have a home here. Yeah, I'm if not I bringing was, you back. If I, was Nick, if I was hot race, you best believe I'd have pictures of every car that had that tire on it, whether they were hot race or not, and I would be promoting it. Yeah, and be like, hey. JC guy had this on his car. Yeah, look like, at, you know, if they said they had eight, I think eight or 10 people in the main event, whatever, three or four of those people weren't hot race drivers. Oh, I know. You know, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it was the best tire there. But what, what happens with those hot race guys that converted when they come to the next world and the next tire is lugs or yeah. whatever, who, who, who knows pro circuit. And it's that tire. Do they stick with it, even though they're not going to make the A or they're going to be, you know, back of the A? In that situation, truly, I would just ask the tire, say if I was, I'm a hot race, because I am a hot race. JC was the fastest tire. It was like hands down, like noticeably faster. I would say, what do you want me to do? Do you want a better result or you just want me to run your tire? Like, it's up to you. Like, I don't care either way. What are you going to be more happy with in the long run with what I do? Yeah, that's kind of how I would just play it. But if they told you to run hot race because that's what you would run it. That's what I because you're loyal and and but that's where I'm getting at is the 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 fact that there's such little loyalty. That's why because racing is the most selfish thing in the world. It is. Everyone comes off. Everyone will come off that stand and want to talk to you about their race. No other racer wants to hear about your fucking race. (laughs) They want to tell you about theirs. They want to spin it back to them. Right. And I'm not dissing it. That's just how it is. It's right. I mean, you're right. It's the most selfish thing. Last last lap, if it comes between me and you, I'm picking me every fucking time. You got to. I don't care. You're competing. Yeah. That's why I tell the guys all the time. I'm like, dude, it's between me and you, and I'm picking me every time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to look at it. I, uh... I've always been kind of a real clean driver. Oh, I'm super clean. So I'm, the only time I'll get dirty is the last lap. But it, and, and even then, I'll race but hard. It's like, but I'm not going to take your back wheel out. Like, but I'll jump on the inside and hope for the best. Yeah. Like, I'm aggressive, but I'm clean. I'm very like, you leave opening. I'm not going for the inside, but I'm going to go wide open and break last minute and make you blow your corner. Right. And then I'll take the inside. But that's like, racing. Yeah. I'm 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 just saying like I I would never take someone out. Oh yeah. Intentionally. I'll always wait. But that being said, if you have done me wrong in the past and oh. this is my opportunity this to get you the, for a this, win, this, make I'll right. take you out. Yeah. So I mean there is like race time races are like that. It's kill or be killed out right there. Right now, yeah. Because and so especially many. in intermediate, there's plenty of times it's like that dude cleaned me and 
you better hope you're not laughing at me or you better hope I don't catch you. Yeah. Because I'm not hitting the brakes in that next corner. No, I, there's, there's certain people. And I'm people not going to wake. And guess what? The only person that's going to make me stop is if Lance says I need to stop. <laughs> and you know what? On the backside of the track, he can't see shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to put it in right there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, Lance. Speaking of Lance, man, he's they, his series down in Florida is killing it. I want to make I want to make a race down there. It looks like I'm gonna get my ass handed to me, but I'm gonna go to Buggy Land just because it was a cool name. Yeah, and it's an iconic name, and I'm like I'm not missing that. So I'm gonna go to Buggy Land, and I would go. Get my butt it's the same weekend hobbies. at Palmetto, though. So oh, okay. they they threw it on the same weekend as Palmetto, which totally it's they threw it in, and it's actually pretty soon. Yeah, it's first of March. Yeah, first it's week like of March. three weeks away. Yeah, so that, that killed me. I. You know, I granted I will be just getting back from DNC, so it kind of been hard. But um, yeah, I want to go to DNC, but I don't want to go that far to suck. So uh, I'm I'm gonna go out to March. I'm gonna go out in March to run with um, my buddy Hovid Tyler Hovid. He's on he's on Ultimate now. Yep. Um, we're gonna go out and stay with Chase and just hammer it out at the dirt. It's so rad that they, that's their club race track. Yeah, it's crazy. DNC's here and they run it every week. Yeah. I'm like, so we're going to get the Cali experience, and then maybe the following year I'm going to do DNC. It's time for me to go out there. It's a good race. It's a little miserable in February because of the weather. I just want to see where I stack up, like yeah. for myself. I want to be, if I can make just, I want to say top of the B, but I'd be kind of pissed if I wasn't in the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have confidence, yeah. and you should. That That's a race where you definitely see guys that should be running pro drop down because oh. of the international presence. Yeah. For whatever reason, that scares people, and I don't understand I that. I just want to be on that stand at least once before that race because it helps. Like, the depth reception, no matter what the track's doing, you're still, it's like, it's this far here. Yeah, it's huge. It's that far here. That's why, like, you go to your local track to rebuild the track, the top guys got it down in five minutes. Yeah. But it's no different than riding a race time race, yeah. honestly. When it, I mean, because I've, I've done them both. And I like that it's more of an even tire game out there, too. Yeah. Yeah, it is very much so. I look forward to that race now just because it's my one trip to California. Normally, this year I'm going guys twice. Make it way more worth it, too, because, you know, it's like guaranteed good time. Yeah. And I get to see a lot of my customers, friends, team guys. Like, it's stuff. You need to be present there, anyways. Yeah. At, at this point, in where we're at with Beach, we have to be there ultimate. Um, but then Nats is at A Main's track this year. So yeah. I'll be at, I'll, I'm going to Cali twice this year. And then if my daughter doesn't make regionals, I have a win-win situation. If she makes regionals in gymnastics, I'll be with her. Or if she doesn't make it, I'll be in Vegas for Silver State. Mm -hmm. So those are like my two West Coast races annually that I try to make. Um, I would love to go out to doing maybe like a hot rod hobbies race and doing some other stuff. There's a lot of tracks I want to go to out there. I need to start making kind of making my rounds there's only like four real races on my list that i really want to check dnc silver state lone star and visions which is all like joey's stuff that yeah. i've never been able to do so i like i'm gonna try to check a few off like once one maybe two tops a year and start checking those boxes yeah one a year is big yeah i mean because if you do it right it's expensive dude it's an it's a full week yeah it's yeah. a full week yeah. and it's a full week of money I mean, yeah. whether and I can't if you go that far, I need to run all three classes to get the track time to make sure it pays off for all the other cars. Yep. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I don't run any electric eight scale, but um I'm debating whether or not I'm gonna run Truggy at at DNC, mm -hmm. but I'm definitely running forty plus and, and intermediate. Yeah. So 
two car, two classes. Four plus is the sweet spot because you can double up on your car. Right. So rad. So they, but now they've made it to where you can't run pro and. 40, 40 plus, plus so a lot of guys are running you. no but it affects it's me in the plus. sense that no what's happening is now the guys that would run pro like drake and dagani or whatever uh-huh. are running intermediate and 40 plus there's no maybe way drake running. maybe not drake I think dagani drake definitely doing it there's other guys that are fast that are against yeah. you know you, i don't care because it's, on it's competition coast on that list you're just like what are you doing guy yeah like, but like you said whatever there's no rules so you, Run it. Unless they can point you out and say you can't run it because of this. I'm just, it just makes me try a hell of a lot harder. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I run a lot. I run once a week on my track. I try to go to Hobby Town in Columbus and run on Tuesdays when I don't have my little girl. I, and then I race on the weekends. That's what are you doing? 10 scale at Sean's track? Or? I run my, they have e buggy. And it's just, and I race against four wheel drive 10 scales and they're way faster. Yeah. Just, Keeps they me are. on my toes. Yeah, it's, you're on the clock, which is the most important. And then I'll run at my track once a week. And then I race on the weekends. That's I'm running at least two to three days a week, every week. I got to make, since I only started in 2020, all these guys have been doing it for 10, 15 years, even the top of the intermediate class, because half the intermediate class is 40 plus winners. Yeah. So I have to catch up on my 10,000 hours. Yeah. And I'm going to burn through it until I get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough, man. I know. It's a tough thing about it, though. I got the track outside the bedroom. You're lucky in the fact that I'm not even really lucky, but it's nice that you have that track in that if you did it like I do where it's work, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do what you're doing right now because it just it's like an extension of work after work or before work. I have that. I have an A class. Indoor track. Yeah. One it's of, epic. One I went of the over there. The, the first country. thing I did, I didn't go to the counter to get my parts. I went right to the track to check it out. And I was it, like, dude, this. I'm, I'm biased, but it's one of the best in the country. That little stair, triple stair up. Yeah. I didn't realize how small and lift up that shit was. Yeah. It's like a little quarter pipe. And that Daytona Talladega corner is so badass. A lot dude. of people don't know that. Stretch that out in eight scale. Make that at Fall Brawl the exact replica, but just stretch it yeah, out. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll, I'll copy the Lucas. layouts like as you change them. It'd be that's sick. funny. That's a good idea because we were talking about um, spring sting and and you know new layout and stuff mm-hmm. for spring sting. But um, but yeah, the, the elevation we provide in a ten scale atmosphere is you don't you can't see it in pictures. No. But having that track, which I believe is top five in the country. Oh, easy. I don't use it. I can't. I, I just cannot bring myself at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, whenever I'm done working over here, after putting in 8, 10, 12 hours, depending on what day it is and what I've got going on, to go over there and but bust out a battery pack. Turning a true business in from your hobby will kill your hobby. And like it has. When I, so I work, I help um, my, my daughter's grandparents. They're the motocross family. They've My, my old father-in-law was... Team Pro Circuit Monster Energy Kawasaki rider. He's won a Houston Supercross in the lights class. Wow. He's legit. Yeah. And he has races, and I help him I help him in the races. And working at the track like that made me never want to ride a dirt bike. Yeah. It, it wiped it out. It took all of it out of me, and I was just like, dude, that's why I don't – I would be a kick-ass race promoter. One, I don't want it to burn out my RC. Two, I want to race. Yeah, I will set the money that's potential. I've seen numbers, oh, yeah. some good 
series races in Georgia. Nah, I want to race, dude. Like, that's how much I like it. Yeah. Like, I'll help you this. But when it comes race day, don't it's so ask, tough. Don't ask me. Because if you want a good race, you can't race it. Yeah. It, this last Masters, you know, having Scotty there, I know for a fact mm. it's going to get done. And, and if I had Lance, I'd feel the same. Yeah. Those two dudes are legit. And, and, and Jimmy Babcock. Like, there's those three guys in this country... They can run a big show. A yeah, big and you show. don't have to worry about it. They, mm -hmm. They've been through it all. They've seen every situation. So when I bring Scotty in, I know I can concentrate on everything else. This year, I didn't have to concentrate on the video or the media because I brought in Danny Paz. So he is dope, dude. He is so At Peach good, Day, dude. was my first taste of him. I was like, everyone got pictures. They were posting from the race. You can watch your race. Bro, I was just like, he's a one-man one show. I know what it takes. You I'm know. Like, I know. And I'm just like, dude. You need to be charging like a shit ton. But he's smart in the fact that he's he knows RC in the sense that there's not a ton of money. Yeah. Even well, of even when you make big money, like he just did his first race time race, you know, mm -hmm. when he did the SIC. But the fact of the matter is he's smart knowing like here's what I want to make this this week. And he's booking himself up throughout the year now because now now he can make what he wants to make. Yeah. And he's not greedy. Yeah. It's, you make it it's smart. Like race time, give me five races, I'll give you a better rate. Right. Let me do them all. Yeah. And this is what your rate is. And he treated me very well for fall brawl and for masters, and I already booked them. I was like, we're doing it again. And now Florida RC Championships is like, dude, I think I think JBRL is always going to be number one, but like from a business standpoint, RC Florida RC Championship is, that is the, I don't think JBRL is number one. I, I mean, I like Jimmy. I'm sponsoring it this yeah. year. I, but I, I like the pre presentation of. In that my opinion, right now, like the way legit. Lance is doing it is the right and way. It's he's capping it. It's capped. Yeah, he's capping it. Smart man. He's got like, I mean, he's got VIP. Like, he's got everything figured out, and he's doing a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did 200 and whatever entries and knocked it out in fucking one day. I just see by 10 o'clock at night. I just see. Uh, sign up's open. Sign up sold out. I'm yeah. just like, you better be on it if you want to stick in that whole series. Like, I told Lance the other day, it's funny because I messed him. I was like, I really want to make one this year. He has one, he has the second to last one scheduled on Masters. So I sent him a message. I was like, don't have to, but that race is scheduled on the weekend. We always schedule Masters. You know, we've got enough time for maybe you can reschedule it if possible. Yeah. If not, I understand. I was like, but I want to make one of these races this year. And I would even fly down to like, Miami and do one of those, whatever, yeah. jump on a spirit flight for a hundred bucks. But I want to go to his races just because I love what he's doing. I it's, love his, it's the most legitimate series. Like you feel like this is where it's at. Yeah. On the East coast. He's got, yeah, he is the JBRL on the East coast. Unfortunately, it's just Florida. Yeah. I know it's like an hour or two, kind of too far from me. Yeah. It always like, feels like that. I want to go, but I kind of want to go just to practice some before I go, because this is going to be serious Yeah, when you show up. I think his last one's going to be, um, I think he said the November one's going to be, which probably should be the last one is uh, maybe going to be at their track in Lake City. Mm -hmm. So I might try to make that one in November because that should be... I should be done with everything. <laughs> I should like, be able to get yeah, down there. Nothing's going to change since then. Yeah. <laughs> Until hope, then. <laughs> well, my wife knows that this year I'm going to, I'm going to travel, do some racing on my own, like do, do some like me racing. Cause I, yeah. I'm trying to now get back kind of like what you're doing. I'm trying to get back into like getting good again, getting to the point where I feel like Let's I'm just at my keeps potential. your finger on the pulse. 
you know who's fast, you know who's not, you know which who's coming up, who to start looking at. Yeah, kind of keeps you relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and also learning about the equipment we sell. You know, like yeah. I need to also experience what other people are experiencing, and that's important to me. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going to go out to DNC. I'll sit under the tent with all the S Works guys. We're going to have a we have a great team. And, and they share knowledge so well. And it's mm-hmm. a very, very cohesive group right now. And it's going to be good for me because I suck. And I'm not going to go out there and set the world on fire. But I feel like even at limited track time, I'm going to have the best chance of doing good there because I have that support. I also need to go and just try things. Not there. I need to go try things. That's why I want to go to these smaller races or, or these regional series or whatever. And show support for Mm -hmm. thanking people for being customers or following us, whatever, but also just doing something that doesn't matter if I suck with it. Yeah. Trying it to see if it helps me or how good or bad, you know, can these changes be? And I've, I've been real bad about that lately. I've just been real kind of just follow the leader. This is what they're doing. I'm doing it. I need to find what helps suits my style suits what I know and my ability you it know? doesn't take long to figure that out. You just got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah. I mean, even having the Badlands, which is literally five minutes from my house, <laughs> I never go. Yeah. It's like having a swimming pool in your backyard. You never swim. In it. Yeah. So I got the ocean. I love <laughs> surfing. I don't go surfing. I just don't have time. You know, I've, I've developed, a, a, I like to do things that my family likes to do. And if I'm not doing some of my family, then it's work. So mm-hmm. I have to try to separate work and fun. But at the same time, I try to have fun while I'm working so that I don't just work. Yeah. There's that balance, man. The balance is tough. It never ends, though. That's the uh, the never-ending repetition circle that you live in. Yeah, I think that it's one of those things that we, uh, some people handle it right, and they can deal with it. Well, perception's reality sometimes. Some people are handling it, what you think is right, but in their head they're like, man, I wish I'd be doing this. Yeah. It's all a f- fugazi. I'm trying to think what I should have been doing that I'm not doing right now. <laughs> I <Your laughs> don't even are know. Just coming in, just like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, we. So I normally we don't normally do podcasts in the middle of the day. Oh yeah, I was just like, just when you're doing it, I'm jetting up and I'm jetting back out because I'm, no, I'm going to the Rock tomorrow. So oh, I'm driving nice. back to Georgia. Then to Tennessee. The morning, I'm going to the Rock to race. It's the only dry place, so that's where I gotta go. Nice. You can just hammer it out. Yeah, I uh, and I I'm glad we're doing it right now because. Hey, I get to go home to my family tonight. Yeah. You know, like, most of the time it's like nine, ten o'clock. We're you know, f- instead of like having these day drinks, we're like fucking pouring liquor. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, yeah, like do I need to call my wife? Yeah, do I need like, to call my wife? Or, you know, yeah, I'll do a shot with the group, but usually after that, I'm like, oh, shots are coming. I'm gonna dip out real quick, mm. and I'll come back and with another beer and just chill. We got to get you up for Masters this year, even if you just come hang out. It would just be a hang for sure. I don't do the micro cars. Even if I let you use one. I'll do it then. Okay. <laughs> well, I've got it? plenty. So if Just you put me in four wheel drive, I drove my first two wheel drive at Hobby Town the other day and I was only like half a second off my skelly buggy, which I can match the, the four wheel drive buggy pretty close. But I was like, man, am I about to spend some money on a two wheel drive real quick? Oh, it's just like another car. You two wheel drive though. If you, how close is Columbus to where you live? It's an hour or 10. That's not that bad. I go on Tuesday nights. I start at seven, done by 10, and then I'm home at midnight because I like to hang at least. Yeah. A little bit after. If you can, if you did get a two wheel. That's where the Roar Nats are going to be. It, oh yeah. I'll be there for that. Yeah. If you did get a two wheel though, you'll see a 
you'll see your a skill program grow or get better yeah i mean the two wheel I've, I've watched i understand yeah how you break how you come in the corner how it rotates it's so fine line dude everything yeah. with and it's like to be fast you have to live on that line yep and then you go it's into nuts. eight skill it's just like whatever i'm gonna freaking just rip it in and break yeah. and it's oh when, like, it, <laughs> when in doubt throttle out yeah in eight scale you can get out of anything with throttle yeah whereas in, in 10 scale especially two-wheel drive it's, it's not all the about case. corner and true that thing dude yeah you'll piss it off so fast and you're like backwards going into corner like oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah that and keeping your momentum up is so important yeah it's just with, like outside inside outside inside coast mate don't touch your brakes if you don't got to things don't spin <laughs> Yeah, well, and you know a lot of people drive with drag brake. I I can't stand. Drag I hate brake. drag brake. It just ruins. It. Uh, to me, it's false. It, it's giving you a false feeling. Yeah. But if you're you know a techie and you can figure out how to make it work for you, I'm sure there's a reason someone, it's yeah. built into yeah. it. You know there's what I mean? Definitely a reason, but it's just like for the knowledge and being a better driver. I don't think I could have it on my car. No. No, fuck no, dude. <laughs> just I'm so just bad driving with throttle. That's how I feel like it's like brain dead. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, let's just actually know what. How about you learn how to use your brakes, too? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good luck with that. Most people don't know how to use their brakes. I've been run through so many fucking times. So many dude. times I yell at people. I'm like, dude, check your Did ego. Did you not know that the brake <laughs> is the opposite direction of There's the There's a guy on the throttle. team. His name's Brian Campbell, and he has a nickname 6S in our <laughs> chat because he's just like. It's like, uh, he had a truck. He's like, dude, it was a recent conversation. There's a huge S double at my track. Like I make it gnarly. So when you go to any other track, it's easy, but there's a huge S double. And the only way he jumps it is back flipping it at this truggy. Every time you see that truck hit that double, it's flipping. Cause it's easier to hold it wide open. And I'm just like, he's like, dude, I need to get like a bigger engine for it. It feels so slow. And I'm like, dude, I need to turn your fucking throttle down Yeah, because you're overdriving the hell out of your car. Like you're wasting time. Yeah. And I'm just like, whatever, like, until you figure that out, you're going to be just overdriving, blowing corners, like, upsetting your car so much. One of the best things, I, I think I read this, but I, I, I might have been told this by Rona, but one of the best things that I learned was Rona sets up his car, his 10-scale stuff, probably his e-buggy too, that he sets up his speed to where he can make the biggest jump. That's it. Keep it there. You yeah. Just so keep like it wide open if that means it's 91% to make it to the biggest jump that's on the track, mm -hmm. then the rest of it, he, he has it set to that. So if yeah. it takes 91% or 87% to get that biggest jump, that's where he sets his, you know, his EPA at or his speed or whatever, his throttle. And then everything else is, is obtainable, but more controllable. Yeah. It's one of the things I learned that I thought was very interesting and it helped me, you know, moving forward. Yeah. Two wickets ago, I... I ran my e-buggy and I like fried my electronics, but I got sixth in the first A main intermediate. I was like, sick. All right, this is the best I'm ever doing. Six or eighth, something up there, top 10. And the second one, I used my buddy's HP e-buggy, but I forgot to set the endpoints. So it went to immediate 50, like only 50% power. And I was just holding it wide open everywhere on the track. And my lap times weren't, like they were a couple tenths off my fastest. Right. I was just like, dude, the car's going so slow, but I'm just wide open everywhere. I was like, there's your answer. Yeah. There's the, the, the hard pill I had to swallow. A lot of that, people are just think more, more power, more better. And really, you're trying to tune power out. You yeah. Know, less wheel spin. There's plenty of times I'm knocking 2 4 6% off my throttle. I'm even knocking, my brake is like, 
54 to 68%. Like I have it way down. So when I hit it, I can be aggressive on my trigger, but it's not upsetting my car. Yeah. And you just got to find that balance of how you want to drive. Yeah. I hate to leave you alone with Robert, but I got to pee. Robert seems rad, so. Robert, you got the mic for a minute. Yeah, so you said you were on tour with Steve Aoki as well. Yeah. I, I, I saw one video Brent showed me. So what are, can I ask, like, what are some of the other musical acts you were with? Uh, so it was a lot. I was super heavy in it, dude. Um, I did Steve for two years straight, like, to the point where it was, like, three days home mm-hmm. out of the month. And then it was Steve, uh, Skrillex, Nervo, Marshmallow. I did Tiesto, wow. Swedish House Mafia. Any of the big electronic acts, That's that was my wheelhouse. I, was, I got to, to the point where I was like top in the world for electronic dance music. I had an, um, a manager, and then she started selling me, and it was just like one week in Tokyo with Skrillex, and then Korea, and then fly home. Next weekend, back to Tokyo, in Korea with Aoki, fly home, I fly to Brazil for the night, fly home, go to Chile for the night, fly home. Dude, it was gnarly. Like, gnarly. That's where I, I learned all my uh, video stuff. Ending up as a tour manager for Borgor. Still now, I do, um, I set up all my shows uh, on the computer, then he, he travels. That's awesome. Yeah. So my background is definitely music. Music and I'm not a big music guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, but what I miss? Just a tour talk. Oh, I, I wanted to get to that. I'm glad I got that. some good stories from tour talk of just South America. I, Ooh, I, don't, I, don't even I love South America. Music. Let's. Uh, so, do you mind if are we? Is it okay if we show a little bit of that video that you sent me? Is it? Do you see do you, my, uh, whenever you my can pull self? that up, Robert. I want to just bring up, kind of show people what Kyle you know, his background and where he came from. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I send out these questionnaires and you, you kind of answer back and then you sent me the video, which was awesome. And I, those are the kind of things that, you know, we, we'd like to see because it, no matter how well I know you at the track or watch you on Facebook or yeah, whatever, you would have never known that no. side of myself. And I knew that you're in video production. I mean, yeah. we've obviously, you know, you did it was our, a high level of like the, the acts I was dealing with were very, very like millions and millions and millions of dollars were getting, these guys are making a shit ton of money. Like half these guys are on the radio now, like electronic music. Those artists are even making music. like my buddy, Sonny, who is Skrillex, made Justin Bieber's like whole last album. But no one knows that. They just think, oh, Justin Bieber. So he, he produces music. it? Yeah, he produced it. Gotcha. Like a lot of these people see Taylor Swift and Justin Timberlake and it's like, they don't know the backside. Dude, they're just seeing half of these people have writers, 10 writers that write the lyrics. They have four producers that produce the music and then they sing it and then they bounce. Yeah. Like it's a business. It's not what you think it is. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's tons of tour stories of tour bus shit. And well, so I'm interested in that kind of stuff because I've toured with motorcycle racing and stuff. And like in South America, what is it? Uh, tons of celebrities. I mean, Monaco yachts with Steve Wynn's yacht, like Wynn Hotel in Vegas, on his yacht. Like, uh, we were, I ended up in Monaco. I didn't know where Monaco was. I was just in <laughs> Europe, dude, touring, like another city, like, and I was, we were driving off the airport, we are going to the hotel, and we are like, on, now that it's part of the racetrack, 
So it's like the racetrack goes through like a chicane back up a hill into town. Oh, yeah. And I look out, and I'm looking at these boats. I'm like, what a fucking waste of money, dude. Like, <laughs> I would never have a boat. Like, it just, what? And then the night goes on, the show happens, and we're uh, getting ice cream right there on the harbor where all the freaking rich people park their boats against the track. And Steve Wynn's son ends up just crossing paths with us, or his stepson. He's like, you want to come on the boat? And then we got this little dinghy, and we're like, oh, this is the boat. This is, he's taking us on. And all of a sudden, we pull up, and that little boat that's out there is like five stories tall. And we watch the sunrise on one of his pools that are on the boat with the helicopter pad on the back. And I go, I get it, dude. This is sick. <laughs> it's so sick. Man, what and I was just like, dude, this is Steve Wynn's yacht. And the next day, we went on Bono and U2's yacht. And then you look over, and there's the owner of Yum Yum Corporation, which is Taco Bell, Burger King. Long John Silver, there's his yacht. I'm like, yeah, they bring them all here in the summer and they just hang. I'm just like, you go inside of these things and it's like a museum, dude. It's oh, yeah. They're nasty. Air glass doors. You think you're walking into like a brand new Hilton Hotel or something. It's gnarly. Yeah, they're insane. I'll, I mean, they're beautiful. Let's see what you got. So so Kyle sends me this video. He's like, here's a little bit of my background. I knew you were in video pr production and obviously because you helped us and I knew you were doing Cole stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Mr. Robert's not in video That's production. The name six fifty is the dirt bike number I had, so I just kept it. Bitching. So just a little. It shows you a little bit about. It shows you some of the video work. Like this is your video work, right? Oh, look at the fucking main dude. Oh, so this is the hair I was talking about. <laughs> like lady killer, dude. When oh, I, I bet. Last chick I was with, I was like, I'm thinking I'm cut it off, and she was like, You might look like a freaking kook if you cut it off. Be careful. <laughs> and I was just like, We'll just have to go for it but yeah so a lot of people don't know in my in my story is i come from the raving and and party background yeah hardcore well fucking. but not i never got to experience like the travel it was all just in colorado and stuff yeah that's fuck yes that's where i started uh every first thursday of the month they had a party and it was like because this office, it held like 150 people. We put 1,600 people through that place. The line was wrapped around the building. 130 degrees inside. It was so fucking hot. Yeah. And dude, it was just like chaos. It was so sick. And it was awesome. And it just... Yeah, right there. Does it still exist? The fuck yes? No, that guy, uh, the Castlevania, he lives in California now and does music for like... Uh, I forgot some like big movies and video games. Okay. But yeah, this is how I, this fuck yes was my platform to sell to artists. So I was working at Delta Airlines at the time, driving right. little trucks, right, throwing yeah. bags on the planes, but I flew free. All I had to do was pay for taxes on the flight. So I was like, Steve Aoki, who's a big, big name. Yep. Uh, he's like, let's try you out one weekend. We're going to Vegas and Boston. So I, I'm flying standby the whole time. So I'm like, I'm going to go to the first flight in the morning and hopefully get on, go to Vegas and Boston. He's like, yo, this is pretty sick. Like, you're legit. I'm like, yeah, let's just let's keep doing it. I did it for a year. Flew standby. Right. I went to Europe on standby. Like, it was 80 bucks. Flew first class because there was no first class seat. I got a lay down seat to Spain. Yeah. First time in Spain. Get to Spain. I Like, uh, at the time, you didn't have, like, an international plane. They sent you a phone that it was international. And I went to Burger King because I was so fucking hungry. I didn't know where to eat. I walked four blocks to Burger King, and eight hours later, I got back to my hotel because I got fucking lost. Barcelona doesn't have street signs, dude. No, I know. I was just there. Bro. <laughs> 
and my hotel like doesn't look it doesn't look like a hotel no it looks like a fucking museum exactly like they all look the same thank the lord i found my hotel and then um (laughs) dude it's so fucking trash (laughs) and then uh we toured i came back to the states a year passed and i was like dude i can't they're gonna take my benefits away but in the meantime my I had a friend named Jessica. She got a job at United and I got on her benefits. I paid a hundred bucks a month to be on her benefits. And I flew free again for six more months. And then I broke the news. I was like, yo, I was like, Steve might not pay for my shit. Like he's got it good right now. And then he's like, yo, you saved me like six figures in flights. Like you're totally worth it. And then we went everywhere, dude. Like I'm always leveraging something to get what I want. You know what I mean? Like it was my job. I was paying someone 50 bucks a shift to make 200 bucks a day thought i was making a shit ton of i went from 800 bucks a month to three grand yeah which is like now i'm like dude it's fucking pennies but right. like dude it was such a what i was what since i was there first it was like i had my own following i was doing steve was exploding and i was just like right there with him because i was filming it and we went everywhere there was one tour it was hard on me it was a two-month bus tour around the states Three days off. That's it. So every day, different city, full production. Um, and then we went down to, it was a day off. Went to home to Atlanta, washed my shit, packed another bag, went to Miami Music Festival, which is ultra. It's in Miami. Huge festival for electronic dance music. And it's Miami Music Week. So you're there all week doing pool parties directly into two weeks in South America, Venezuela, Brazil, Colombia, like Bogota, Colombia. And then it was straight into Europe for two weeks. Every sh- a show every day, two shows on Saturday, Sunday. The last show of the tour in Europe was three days. It was an 8 o'clock show, a 2 a.m. show. It was private jet show, private jet show, a 9 a.m. show in, I don't even fucking remember where it was, but it was in the middle of the day. It was a 24-hour festival, 9 a.m. set. We walk out on stage, there's 80,000 people. And then it was um, a pit uh, day show. Two days in Israel, Malaysia for a day, two weeks for a future music festival in Australia, back home. Wow. That was one run. Awesome. But Fucking dude, so like, rad, dude. Like, can you imagine? Like, you know how many people would just oh, dude. envy that situation? Myself included. Like, I love seen, travel. All right. I've been around the world five, six times, low key. Like, seriously. There's only, I haven't been to Iceland. I want to go to Iceland. I haven't been to Alaska and Maine and like Egypt, like Northern Africa, which is not a popular place to go, but I've been to Southern Africa, been to almost every continent, but Antarctica on this planet. Every single person on this planet is the exact same. You can go over there and relate to someone in a different language and you can, you can pick up on things. You're like, dude, they understand shit. Just like you understand shit. Right. Like this whole Fugazi of people are like this, people are like, dude, we're all the damn same. We're all the same. I agree. And it just like, I'm so happy I had that experience because it kind of mellows you out as in like, you want to be that way? Be that way. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with how you want to be. Yeah. Like. It's your right. Yeah. So like, but I've, there's a few, it was so fast paced. I didn't fully see much besides a hotel, airport and a venue. And through a. Through a lens. Yeah, which, like, there's times when I put the camera down and I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this for me right now. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to enjoy it. But 
Like I look back, I watched some videos last night to try to get some stories for you. I have it all documented. Yeah. Everything that I did, I got documented and it's so sick. Like I can watch back to when I was in South Africa holding baby tigers and a newborn leopard and there's a tiger licking my, uh, a cheetah licking me in the face. That's awesome. Uh, we went out into the bush. Like you go, you go to this area and you drive four hours by four by four truck into the middle of nowhere. And they have like a main house and everyone's room is a little hut. And we stayed out there. In the middle of the night, you hear monkeys screaming on the hillside. They're like, yeah, we saw a lion walk outside your room. So just double check when you come outside. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Wow. But the stars were sober. You could see every star. Yeah. Dude, it was beautiful. Like, yeah. It was beautiful. So that goes back to like, my my life has always been about being comfortable, never mm -hmm. rich. Oh. Obviously, I don't want to be rich or I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> but I've always wanted just to make sure food's on the table, roof's over the head. Yeah. But those are the experiences. Like when I, went, when I got to go to Spain for Worlds, me and my wife left and we went six days before Worlds, mm -hmm. right? We experienced Spain before Worlds. And she went home. I went to work. Yeah. We did the same thing when we went to Italy for RCGP. I mean, at the at the minuscule scale in the peasantry flying, you know, economy. Most versus, times I was in an economy and I was checking my sky miles more than my bank account. It ended up being more important. I was like, dude, I got such sick status. There's a lady, uh, me and Aoki, we're looking like shit. We're so tired because we sleep on the plane. Like right. when I get on an airplane now, I'm out before the thing pushes back, whether I slept eight hours, 10 hours before or not, it's just that feeling. my body. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. the best sleep I get is on an airplane. Right. We're in line for first class and this freaking Karen walks up. <laughs> it's like, excuse me, I'm in first class. And, or I'm in first class and we go, so are we? She goes, yeah, but I got status. I go, so do we. And she just turns around and it's just like, Dude, we fly more than these flight attendants are flying. Sure. You don't understand. Like, yeah, yeah. When you get to that level, man, when, like, your transportation is planes, yeah. not anything else. Like, you know, you get on a bus to get off the plane to go to, you know. or I'm two years. The last time I toured was the beginning of 2020, EDC Mexico. It was the last. It was, like, January. Right before COVID hit was the last time I toured. Who was that with? Borgor. Okay. Yeah. And it was right when my daughter was getting older. And, and that's was, who you work for now? Yeah, I'm a store manager now. Okay. Um, so 2020, okay. Last time you traveled. Okay. For on tour. Oh yeah. So my miles I had paid for the hotels. I went to Southern Nats the last several years. Like I still have miles like they're that accumulated. Yeah. And like going to California in March, the last bit of my miles I had cost me 160 bucks to go, or it was $700 ticket. Right. I used the last bit of my miles. Fuck, just, fuck Delta. They fucked me on my status listen, this year. If you're gonna, I'm still gold and I haven't flown in two years. They fucked me on my <laughs> status this last year. I bought my nationals ticket and my fucking ticket to, um, uh, the DNC and then one other ticket. I bought two tickets like the night of the 31st uh -huh. to get my MQMs or whatever yeah. it was up to get to the next status level. And motherfuckers, you you have to use them before the fucking 31st. You got to fly. I didn't know that. I just bought them. <laughs> 31st is the worst time to fly for if you're a flyer. Oh, like, motherfucker. There's tricks, though. Like, at the time, I was about to fly to South Africa for the first time. I was going to Atlanta to Heathrow, Heathrow to Cape Town. It was like eight hours up, 19 hours down. 
And American Airlines was, uh, they had a challenge. It was called the challenge. And if you flew X amount of miles in X amount of time, they'll give you immediately the highest status. Cause that's like a lot of miles you're flying in a month. Right. I hit it in one segment, top tier status, immediately check Damn. Delta check United check. And it was just like, where do I want to freaking fly? It was sick. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, all it is really is you get those upgrades or free upgrades or yeah. whatever, but that is dope. When I you, want it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, when you walk, you see someone walking past first class, you're just like, yeah. Enjoy the back of the plane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hope you got the, hope you got the exit seat, dude. Yeah, I, I was like, it. where's my apple juice? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jack and Coke double, please. I want my apple juice. And I want my, uh, my, my uh, warm cashew nuts. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like trash. Well, I used to travel <laughs> way more than I do now back when. So my father started International Championship Events, which was ICE. And we promoted indoor motorcycle ice racing around the mm -hmm. country. And about the time I, I got hurt real bad in 2020, broke my back, lost my right kidney, mm -hmm. like had a bad injury. And so I retired from motorcycle racing, obviously, and just went into full promoter. Yeah, I became my dad's men. You know, he was my mentor. Natural I, progression. Yeah, just full on. I'm going that. So, I had things going on here, and he was on the road with the truck or whatever. So I would fly in and out. I traveled in the winter time. I travel more in in three months in the winter than I would travel twelve months anything else. Yeah. So. I was just getting status, status, status. I was never out of first class. I know the feeling, you yeah. know, not, not international. We were you're all just domestic. looking at the upgrade list. That's all. You're yeah. And it was just so easy, but like you get to the point where like you want that fucking first class it's because hard you sit back. down, you got a Jack when you're sitting there. You, like you said, you get like the food, you get whatever. And then, you know, them people in the back are just wishing they had more leg room. I'm that guy now. Like I've yeah. digressed to the point where I'm like, like just give me a window seat, please. Worst case, Nile. like, yeah, on. just let me sleep at <laughs> yeah. this point. You know, God, my, my trip home from the chili bowl, dude, I made this epic mistake, dude. So quick, real story. I want to get back to your touring, but we were coming home from the chili bowl. It's Monday or su Sunday. I'm already pissed off because. My fucking flight got delayed for 30 minutes and I was supposed to be in Atlanta so I can catch a flight to Savannah to go see my daughter do gymnastics in Hilton Head. Mm -hmm. Well, something happened. President flew into Atlanta, shut down the I had airport. The president fuck me in Texas before like that shit. They shut everything. Down. Yeah. So I, I missed my, I, I didn't get to see my daughter, but that flight from Tulsa to Atlanta, I had a... I, what I thought was my seat, it was a middle seat, and mm -hmm. I had a very, very large man sit next to me, took up two, my seat and his. Yeah. Well, luckily, at that point, my ticket, I read it wrong. Because these two people walked up to me and like, oh, sir, I think you're in my seat. I was like, my God, I am. Man. <laughs> And I went back, and guess where I was? The very fucking back. <laughs> next to the bathroom. Doesn't recline. <laughs> so I went from one situation to the next. Now, I'm fine with any any seat on the plane. Yeah. And I don't care race, color, creed, size, anything. I just, I paid for my seat. Yeah. And I understand there's difficulties. But I paid for that seat. I just want, I, I'll give you all the room you need, vice mm -hmm. versa. That was all for me. But I knew that three-hour flight was going to be... Three hours is like the, the sweet spot of 
I was flying so much between Atlanta and Vegas, I could tell you where we were just by looking out the window. And it was just like the three-hour flight is always the hardest for me because I, if I don't sleep, it's the longest flight. Yeah, you just if you do sleep, it's quick, but it's just like you wake up groggy. Yeah, it's not long enough to sleep good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Kind of the like the eight-hour flight, fine. Ten-hour flight, cool. No, I feel three-hour flight. It's just like it's the anytime you're flying in this country, like you said. Vegas, California, all those three, yeah. three and a half hour flights, dude, they're just it's like the annoying spot. almost miserable. Mm-hmm. So you, you got your, your hit, you basically got your like key to what you're doing or what you did mm-hmm. by just giving away your work in a sense of bring me on. I want to showcase my talent. Yeah. So it's the, the exemplary, I want to show you and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah, I just saw there was a guy named Crazy Chris, and he was in California. There was a guy, Sucker Punch. His name's Liam. He was in Australia. And there was an overdose of awesome. He was in Europe. And I was just like, all right, these guys seem like they're figuring it out like I am. Like, we were all, like, figuring it out. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna, I can fly free. There's my edge. Whether there, there's some guys I felt they were better than me. I took it as racing. I was like, I'm going to be the best. Sure. And I'm going to get there fastest. And I looked, I had, I was sitting at work at Delta in a locker room waiting for the next flight to come in so I can go pick it up. And he goes, Hey man, uh, yeah, I would love to have you out. And all of a sudden we're in Boston and he's like, he enjoys my company. And I was like, I've never smoked before. Never had weed before. I've never done drugs before. This is as much as I've ever done. So I was, when I'm on the road, it's business, dude. Like right. I got an early flight. I got to catch it. Why would I ever party? Right. So, and he was sober at the, now he was sober. Then he used to party a shit done. And now he was, he's a sober and locally, cause I didn't want to deal with his full bottle of vodka night rock star shit. Luckily I didn't catch it. And I was just like, he's like, all right, here's the list for the next six months. And it was like, Small print, show, 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 show. And it was everything you wanted. And I go, dude, this is this is what I want. You understand? This is everything I want. But if you want me to fly free, I can only do here, 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 here. And he goes, yes to all of them. And then, um, yeah, it was just, and as he was blowing up, he became one of the biggest in the world. I mean, there was times we went to Brazil and I had our itinerary, but on our itinerary, it showed how much he makes. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like more than six figures for an hour of his time. Wow. And I was just like, oh man, like he was really blowing up and it was, I was right there with him. So every artist was like, I want to work with you. What you're doing is working. I want to work with you. And I was just like, take my pick of who I wanted. And it was all the key names. So, so is that how Skrillex came around? And- yeah, Skrillex was a big one for me because he was like very special. Skrillex had he, the way, like Steve was big, he just got popular, but Skrillex was like a tastemaker. Like, you know, there's like, there's plenty of big bands, big musicians, but then there's like, I'm not calling them the Beatles, but you know how they just kind of change things? Yeah. That's how he was with EDM. Like a trend. Yeah. Trendsetter. Yeah. And so it was like, I was telling Robert, it was fly to Korea, do Korea, Japan with Skrillex, fly home. Next weekend, back to Japan with Aoki. Now he's there. 
because that's how it works. They just new artists come in, but I was like with those artists. Fly to Chile for the night for Lollapalooza with Borgor. Fly home. Uh, we're doing Lollapalooza Brazil next. You're going for the day. Going to Brazil for the day, which is you fly in, 10 hours later, fly back home. That was a day trip for me. And it's just, that's, that was my. <laughs> so as tour manager now for Borgor, yeah. what, are you, what is your responsibilities? What are you so doing? So now there's like a traveling photographer with him. I set up the show. The show is required to show X, Y, and Z. I got a text this morning where they're trying not to. It's required a five-star hotel. Um, X, Y, and Z from the writer to be in the green room. They have to supply the CDJs, which is what you see a DJ play on. Yep. Specific equipment. They have to have speakers. They show us the room. I make sure everything's there for them. Pickups from the airport, pickups from the venue, back to the hotel, back to the airport. It's like every so you supply all the riders, logistics, all the all logistics, everything. everything. He literally goes up. I'm like, here's your number for your ride. He'll be here when you walk outside of the airport. He's waiting on you right now. Um, you need something. They'll have it there at the show. Enjoy your show. How was the show? Was it good? Was there any issues? Cool. Like, and it's like I'm there and I'm not there. Because right. once my daughter started realizing I was leaving, I was like, all right, I'm gonna do the rest of this month and I'm, I'm done. Like, I just can't do it right. because of her. And it was like a week later. I was like, this is happening faster than I think, dude. This is going to be it. And then I was off the road. But then they still, I mean, I was legit. So they kept me on. So that's my side hustle is that. And then um, I made hustle as real estate appraisal with my dad's business. That was my transition in the regular world. Yeah. But still, I got, you got to keep the the baskets Oh yeah. So that's, that's what it is. I mean, your daughter's going to be 18 someday, dude. Yeah. And you're going to end up, you know, at that point in time, depending on what she does, you, you have a choice of possibly going back out and traveling the world. You know I mean? There's, yeah. And plus I didn't want to be the 40 year old dude with the 17 year old kids screaming. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm just like, that's freaking sad. Yeah. But there's, (laughs) but there's, I mean, I, I've been around the, especially the race promoting world. I mean, going into these major arenas that we've done in the United States, I still see how they handle the business. It's still a business, you know? So like if Jason Aldean comes in or motorcycle ice racing comes in, they treat us the same. Yeah demand whatever they're given you know these these arenas they're giving these these so event riders yeah this is what, what we, we need this we is what we do. can and can't do you know mm-hmm. so it's all a business and you know when you get to that status like a skrillex or aoki and you know any of these top level guys they can demand it they can yeah. get it, it, it because the road, they want it there is no such thing as no right it's a like you're on a bus tour and you're going to all these cities you don't hear people say no it's and that's where I think these egos come in. It's like you get someone let someone tell you yes for a whole year, whether you want it or not, your ego is going to be. Yeah, you know now you can get whatever you want. Why wouldn't it? Right. Like whether you were acknowledging it, like that's what happens to these people. Their yes men are constantly around when it comes to their people. They're around. It's funny where I was with Aoki, and I treat these guys like me and you. I don't put them on a pedestal. We're in Ibiza. And being in Ibiza at the time was like the place you wanted to be. Only select DJs get to go there. It was like the ultimate of ultimate of super clubs. And Aoki went there and there's like nobody in the crowd. This is his first time and he's so excited to play. And I go, 
I guess you ain't as big as you thought you were, huh, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is like a multi-million dollar artist in the States that sells out like 30,000 people. And I told yeah, him he's but not like, shit. Steve, Steve Aoki who? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, but I kept it real with everyone. Of, yeah. Like, I don't want ever someone to think. But those guys need people like that. Yeah, you because if you're not level and grounded, then I'm they- I'm going to tell you how it is. They're, they're you're going, acting like a fucking asshole. Yeah. You're acting like they need that because if they don't have that, then I mean, just think of I I don't know from experience. I imagine that's why bands fall apart. Oh, 100%. Because you got the one motherfucker. I wouldn't understand how that would happen. There's so many personalities. Like, yeah. luckily with the DJ, there's one guy. Right. The DJ scene, scene is, is kind of perfect for business. Yeah, because you're mm-hmm. only dealing with one artist. Yeah. Not a band of four, five, three, you four, five split guys. The fee, uh, yeah. Dude, yeah. But that's, I mean, that's so cool. You know, like, I knew you were in video production. I knew that part. Like I had no idea that it was so the background was so rich in a sense of, you know, yeah. great talent. You know, that's I don't know anything about Borgor. Yeah. He's full, one of my full he is one of my best. If I got married tomorrow, he'd be one of my guys. Yeah. Up there. But the you know, I've obviously know Steve Aoki. I, yeah. I know Skrillex. Like I've heard those names. I've I've listened to their music. You know, I've I've heard it. But uh, you know, just the fact that you got to be part of their their rise to success and be part it of their success. It was a sweet spot of dance music, period, anyways. Like, it was like no dance music in the States. Then it was like huge. Yeah, it went crazy. Yeah, so I got to see that transition, and that's where I lived in it. And then I kind of dipped out. Smart. I mean, just some stuff girl. lives past its uh, prime. Yeah. It doesn't need to. Yeah, I'd probably you know? still be on the road if I didn't have my little girl. That's yeah. just, why wouldn't I? Just, Kids change things. Yeah. That's why, I mean... I was about to move to Hollywood Hills in his house. He goes, Kyle, I need you here. Like in management, like a higher end. And it was the week I found out about my daughter. Oh, wow. And I go, you caught me too late, dude. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a bedroom in Hollywood Hills, California, looking over California. And I'm just like, sorry, I'm staying yeah. in. Priorities, man. In the country in Georgia. That's where I'm going to be at. It's funny that we grow up and we, uh, we, things that we, we used to want aren't as prevalent. So like, yeah, I would, you could have told me five years ago, 10 years ago, like if I give you this 10,000 square foot mansion and, and a Ferrari and a big jacked up truck and you'll never worry about anything, would you take it? I'd be like, fuck yeah. Yeah. But you tell me right now, I'm going to give you that and I'm going to walk. I'm going to yeah. say no. I don't want a big house. I don't. I don't want... Like I had a Ford Raptor, sold it, didn't need it. It was just excess, dude. Like, yeah, I drive a Twitter camera. The dad movie like it's thirty five miles a gallon, dude. I didn't <laughs> fill up once on the way here. You know how sick that is. I, I and it's paid for. I I bought pretty much my dream truck last year. Yeah, or I got it in January of twenty two. So like it's it's a year old now, and I've never bought a new vehicle in my life. So I got to a certain point. It's like okay, I got I, my I, I got want a it. Ford FX four, two thousand twelve. The inside was exactly the same as my Raptor. And I was like, and it's paid for too. So I'm just like, I'm good. I don't yeah. want any, Why would I want a payment, dude? I'm going to try. I'm the same way sick. as you. I'm, I don't want payments, whatever. I'm, I want to live easy. Yeah. I want to be able to spit. I don't want to have to look at my bank account. Yeah. And it's like. That goes uh, back to not wanting to be rich. I just yeah. want to be comfortable. And comfortable means not worrying that my house is going to be, my, my mortgage is paid each month. Yeah. Not worried about my food for my kids. You if know, I'm gonna like, go eat. I'm not gonna be like, do I want you to eat this? Like, mm-hmm. I just want to. That's it. Like, that's rich in my opinion. Like, when I get 
paid. I spent, I pushed it all, I pay my bills and I pushed it all to my savings. And I live, I'll put a thousand bucks in my bank account that I can get to like this. Cause I don't want to spend it. Yeah. I was like, I'll live broke. That's smart. I'll live broke. Smart. And that's, I got to pull my RC out of that. I got to pull my work out of that. My food for me and my daughter out of that. I have plenty saved. I'm not worried about it, but it just keeps me honest. Yeah. It just keeps you honest. You can go down that fucking hole so easy if you're not careful. Dude. And we all want the finer things in life. In the grand scheme of things, we all want the best. We want the next iPhone. We want the next camera for you. Yeah. Whatever. You want it. You want it. You don't need it. Yeah. I want the the best whatever just came out in RC. Go spend 900 bucks in tires like this in RC. Right. And we will do it. Yeah. But you don't need it. Yeah, you you, you it. want it. And and so we have to put things in perspective. You have to just you have to just enjoy it. But once again it goes back to enjoying it. Because yeah. if you're not, then what the fuck are you doing it for, right? It's just a blowing waste of everything. Might as well just do coke and hookers, you <laughs> yeah. know? Because quick, it, a quick in and out. <laughs> yeah, because if you want to just throw money away, there you go. But if you want to At least you get a return out of that shit too. Do you? For a minute. I mean, it feels like you do for a minute. You ain't getting a kid out of it. I promise you that. Yeah. Sometimes in RC, it's like, that was for absolute dog shit, nothing. Like, yeah, but you were probably there hanging with your boys. Yeah, fucking, you had a couple beers. And at the end of the day, you all, you all sit there and think, man, did you see that whip? Did you see this? Yeah, and, there's you always know, something to tell from it. One of your buddies just won. He never won before. Like, that's the living for and, and then there's similar situations in, in our personal lives with our kids and, mm -hmm. you know, our family. So you, you, money is only well spent on things that you really desire, not want, like yeah. things you need and, and pay for experiences, not for shit. That's just an easy exactly. way to look at it. When we went to Italy for RCGP that year, no one really believed in it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was kind of like, Oh, it's I've JQ's always thing. That. It was like, it's a great a series. Idea. But we all wanted to go to Italy, of course. <laughs> you just like, I mean, let's go to Italy. We, you, yeah, <laughs> fuck. Like, put it in Italy, cool. Took the whole family. And in my life, I've never once, never, and we weren't really killing it. Okay, yeah. this is 2019, pre-COVID, business is surviving. Mm -hmm. I'm doing well enough that, okay, whatever. Well, I've got, all just my credit cards it. are paid off. Just spend it and enjoy it. We went there and I told my family, don't ask price. You want something, you get it. Yeah. Food, go to a restaurant, whatever the food is. If that's what you wanted, you, want. you get it. Yeah. I've never done that. That trip was one of the most beautiful and highlighted parts of my life. Definitely of my family, as a family. Just amazing. And I did the same thing with my wife. It was cheaper because there's only two of us when we went to Spain. I said, it doesn't matter what it costs. It we're not talking going and spending hundred dollars a plate type stuff. You're not trying to spend money. You're just right. enjoying whatever you want. Right. We picked out a restaurant that we want to eat and whatever it was on the menu we wanted to eat, we ate it. You yeah. know, you didn't think, Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. The, that's 40 bucks or 40 euro. No, 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 no. It was like, okay, that steak looks fucking great. I want that mid rare, you know? Yeah. My daughter, me and the baby mama took, she paid for us to go to Disney and I paid for everything while we were there. That was a deal. And I didn't look at my bank account. I was like, we're just going to, if we want to do it, we're going to do it. Yeah. And just fully experience and not let anything hold you back. Or like, oh, I wish next time we could do it. Like, no, we're going to do it this time. But that's what memories are made of. Because yeah. you didn't worry about money. You weren't stressed. Yeah. The thing is, you were worried about that experience, your daughter being happy, you enjoying the time with your family. Yeah. 
that was important. The money you can rebuild. Yeah. You can get more money. And go home and start working again. Exactly. And that it just relates back to RC to me because yeah. you get so many people that are always upset about, you know, I spent all this money and I, you know, this yeah, you happened, see rigs, whatever. Like, I mean, rigs oh, at these yeah. races. I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm at the freaking dirt bike track again. There's right. like a, a tour bus sitting out here for an RC track. One of your Georgia natives, dude, Wendell Chavis, dude, that motherfucker. Do you know Wendell? I don't know Wendell. So Wendell's a go-kart guy mm-hmm. and uh, he comes from... I don't know if he comes from money. His wife comes from money. They've got money. They're, you know, it's good for them. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, they, they've got money. Well, he shows up in a fucking almost a, like, double-decker fucking trailer. <laughs> dude, like, the trailer was 85 grand, he told me. It, it, <laughs> insane. Like, beautiful. Inside, shower, toilet, work areas, like, lit up, all aluminum, show. I mean, just beautiful. The best you could buy. To go RC racing. <laughs> Literally to go RC racing. And then even that if you man have a could, fifth wheel, if you even pull a fifth wheel to the track, I'm like, guy, you are going way over the top. I mean, that's just living in that luxury part. You know, I that got a seven by fourteen trailer that's all built out on the inside. I'm like, dude, I could live in here if I needed to. <laughs> there's a bed and two work tables. That's a Well, most it. people are like you. I mean, yeah. like you can buy like a, a, a stripped down trailer, all wood paneling inside. Build, you know, put a couch in, put a workbench in, a lot like Coles. Yeah. And then you can sleep in it, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, put a mini split in, in for 15 grand. Hell, you, seven grand. Whatever. You're, like You're set. Yeah. In, in, in go no to more these hotels, races, no, no more, more hotels. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and that you've got heat and cool. You're covered from the rain. You're comfortable. You can sleep in it. And I mean, it's really their best way to go, in my opinion. I mean, the hotel cost these days. That's why I bought the motorhome. Yeah, we bought the motorhome specific. I mean, we use it for family as much as we use it for traveling for RC. Mm-hmm. But I bought it to save every time we were going to these psychos and stuff, spending four or five hundred bucks a, a week in these races. We're doing two a month. Yeah, I mean that's that's a payment. Yeah. So I was like, well, let's just fucking buy one, and then I can use it for you know personal use too. Yeah. Um, thank God because it it brought my family closer. That was mm-hmm. one of those good investments that I made into work and family. You know, there's a lot of things you can spend money on that only benefits one. You benefit your family or you benefit your, yeah. you know, your, your work or your career. That benefited both, you know. Yeah. Now now my family and I go camping once a month generally, you know, and then we take it on the road once or twice a month. You know, those are the kind of things. Spend your money smart. Enjoy it. You worked hard for it. Yeah. You know, don't don't worry about the future just make sure that you're comfortable and you're going to have food and, and a roof yeah. you know it's just i mean within reason everything is just you're not spending every penny but you're just enjoying yourself yeah i spent a lot of money on on work and i wish i had a lot of it back but that's just the investment you just crush fingers i just keep investing in it thinking like <laughs> oh yeah we're there man like we're getting there well perception's reality and it looks pretty good from the outside <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, it looks like you're doing it right we've been we've been labeled with, as the east coast a main and i'm like well, you're, the, you're one of the big dogs i see i call it that that's what you see i know but perception exactly is reality is reality to most so i mean for the good and the bad perception's reality you're going to get criticized whether people think you're this or not or they're going to criticize whether it's good or not like yeah. whether they know it's what the people say is what really is what people think. So my perception of us is we work hard and we're, we're racer racers, you know, like we we're we're the people that are with you 
on the weekend at the weekend warrior track. We're not yeah. just at race time. We're not just at dirt. You know, yeah. we're at these other series. We're region. You know, I mean, we're East Coast based, so you know, we're yeah. we we cover this bottom. Yeah, I see. Look at all the, all the races. The, any race with a name or slightly big, the trailer's there. Did you see what happened yesterday? Where did you see any of the post of the hashtag "Where's the White Whale" post yesterday? Uh-uh. So evidently. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Pause, pause, pause. Gotta drain it. All right. So did you, uh, it's pretty rad, dude. Like, can you imagine traveling with Skrillex and Steve Aoki and going to all these countries and just fucking watching all these people having the most amazing time? Honestly, so for a while there, I don't know if you know this, but I was in a band. I didn't know that. Okay. And right before, um, I kind of got into the, the fighting games, which is how I got to know you, um, we were getting invited to start playing at different clubs in like Georgia and North Carolina. So we were finally starting to get, you know, uh, our, our feet out there and we were going to maybe schedule our own tour. And I've always loved traveling. So hearing stuff like that, man, just, I don't know. That sounds like a dream come true. Yeah. I, you know, to some people it could be crazy, but to some like that's, that's like what, they strive for it's pretty neat you know um yeah i i i i got to live a similar life just domestically traveling motorcycle racing um so yeah yeah Yeah, i mean the closest thing i got is the (laughs) i don't know if you remember this but i was working for you this is 2018 i think maybe 2017 it was a summer where I basically, I think I told you, I was like, hey, I'll be back in July. And from like late May to July, you saw me once. And I came in and, and you're like, you know, what all have you done? I was like, about 80 bucks worth. I haven't been home. Because, <laughs> yeah, I was, I, you know, basically kind of the same schedule. I worked with Justin you know, with the arcade machines for conventions down the coast. So you just traveled, just yeah. setting up the arcade. Yeah. Get experience the convention all weekend, get back on Monday, wash my shit, leave Wednesday. Back on the road. Yes, sir. Yeah. I don't yeah. miss it. <laughs> well, so, so here's what's so ironic and funny about beach RC. So we had sold international championship events in, I started this in 2013, so we probably sold it right around 2015, which is our promotion, motorcycle promoting company. And I sold it and basically sold my wife on the fact of, I'm going to start this shop because eventually I just want to be done with traveling. Mm. And now this is affording me travel. But the, the, the bright side of RC versus what, ice was bringing me was rc's taking me international yeah and not just back to illinois or iowa in the winter where it's fucking 30 below you know like what do you do i taking my family to illinois in in january is not going to (laughs) be beneficial to the family yeah it's more of just spending time together in a hotel room it's just funny that like the only way you knew how to make money was going x y and z over here left and right of the country and then it's like Really, I have to go left, right of the country to continue to work in a completely different business. Yeah, 
And I, I never thought, nor did anyone that watched me start the shop because we're in our second shop. Our, our first shop was so small. Mm-hmm. And anyone that watched me open this up would have been like, he's never going to make it. Yeah. My concept was broken to them. I'm a hard, you know, my work ethic is yeah, You just got to believe it. No one else has to believe it but you. Right, and it goes back to being selfish. Like, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. You can be on board or you can, yeah, you know, kick you rocks. Yeah. You don't so. want that nipping in your ear all the time that you're not going to make it when it's like, dude, I'm trying to do something here. Right. Can you just, like, chill? So now I'm traveling more than I ever travel. <laughs> yeah. I'm just doing it all year instead of three months, you know? Yeah, you so, just spread it out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, it's... But it's not work for me. Yeah. That's what's so crazy. I don't feel like I'm working, but I am. You know what I mean? I mean, at tour, I felt like that. I was getting paid to hang on my best friend. Right. I'm getting paid to go You're watching all these people have the time of their life getting paid to do it, hanging out with your buddies. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, in a sense, I have a very similar situation, just way underpaid. Mm-hmm. Just not the same situation, you know. <laughs> my flights aren't paid for, you know. What yeah, I, mean? I never like, went anywhere without my flights <laughs> paid for. I didn't pay for shit. <laughs> my fuck, nothing's paid for for me, you know. So like, I I have to fund it, but it's part of an expense, and yeah. it's just part of it. I mean, I enjoy my life. I enjoy my business profoundly. Like it is what I want to do. Mm. I don't wish it on many people because it's hard. It's not. This isn't the life of luxury. This yeah. doesn't come easy. Mm-hmm. You know, we we work real hard for very little margin. It's you not. You gotta f- get lucky. It's all, so much luck. Yeah, it's I don't, I don't so even think we got the luck part luck. yet. That's that's <laughs> the thing. I'm hoping we do get that luck part where like there's some dumb success that we didn't earn. Mm-hmm. I don't mind working for it, but every now and then it's good to just get that little influx of like, here you go. Yeah, here's some fortune for you. You know, yeah. but I don't I don't expect it. I just hope it happens someday, you know, that all the hard work pays off to some extent. But I think I, you're you're going to I think it's going to continue to grow and get bigger and I think maybe that the track in the shop is going to be an extension of a big warehouse down the road. That's where I I can see you doing that 100% no problem. And it's because when it comes to me ordering online if you don't have it. The order is I go to you first because I know I'm going to have it quick. Like yeah. To I you is probably next day at the cheapest. I, I can depend on you guys to get it to me the week, say Tuesday, I need it before the race this weekend. I'm getting it for sure. Like no problem. I'm getting it. Whether it's UPS's fault or not, it's never your guys' fault. And then it's like, all right, they don't have it. So I'll go to absolute. It takes a little bit or and last it's, Amen. Like that's my order, but it's like, and it's not because you're my sponsor. I I'll pay if I need it. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. I'm just going to need to get it. Yeah. But when I need to lean on a hobby shop to get it, I'm leaning on beach hundred percent every time. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's what I've, I mean, I think we've taken a lot of pride at that. That was one of the things like we, we and my little girl, when you don't send your candy, dude, I'm going to scream wait, at you next time. What do you mean? There's times when I haven't got a sour patch kid in there and she's devastated. Bro. She goes, oh, there's candy. She sees the blue tape and she Listen, knows. And she I goes, no there's idea. no. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to land a Brent right now. I'm having to deal with this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> poor child. Like I, no, I don't yeah. know. Because I don't eat candy much. And she's just like, she knows. It's so funny. Oh my she goodness. She knows. She's like, is it, is it RC? Is there candy in it? Because she knows it's coming from a beach. 
I don't so know funny. when I, I like. That's how they, tied you are into me. Like <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's affected by it. <laughs> I think you'll find it in in if if you guys are watching this on YouTube, post in the comment if you didn't get candy or tell me when you d- your, your best stories because we <laughs> we get those Facebook posts all the time. We started a trend. There was a there was a time on Facebook. It was like beach rc candy call or something like it was, <laughs> everyone was posting up i got my candy i got yeah. my candy oh and rc parts came with it you know yeah. it was uh we started that trend of i've seen some mints in some other hobby shops i'm like what are you doing yeah come on mints what are you doing guys we i got name like brand shit over here licorice sticks you know <laughs> yeah. sour patch kids and shit full packs of now and later you know like, <laughs> we have this uh, i i i'm in a sense it's bad business. <laughs> You're it's such bad away. business. Like, <laughs> the amount of money we spend on candy. Oh, it has to be gnarly because of how many orders you go through. And yes. It how, is. how much candy you got to provide. And when Amazon or the, the companies we order from for candy, like bulk candy, doesn't mm. have it, is that only period of lapse that you might have experienced. Yeah. <laughs> and I doubt it's very much because. It's just so funny. I get angry when I walk over there and there's not 10, like, tubs of those yeah. in in stock ready to be like transitioned into oh i'm like boys how come i don't know we're, we're out of candy over here do you know how many emails <laughs> we're gonna get that they didn't get their fucking candy you know it's but we we did something that i mean now like i see other people shipping candy like it's part of it you know what you i mean see, yeah, it's like it's everyone knows where it starts yeah i i feel good about a few of the things we've started you know mm-hmm. we <laughs> I like to I like to think that we're just more forward thinking. That's yeah. all. You know, we're not innovators. We do things. I yeah. Matt, I'm sure we got the big guys that are just going to do what they've always done, and then the newer people are going to have to re- like re- like innovate. You're going to have to. Well, does it come down to and then those if you're big- corporate throwing eight cents worth of candy or thirteen cents of candy into a box like the add up if you're doing ten thousand orders a month or whatever, you know. Like you're just looking at it at a spreadsheet and you're just looking at it. It's like this is a good business. People will probably be happy. Right. What would you want in your box? You know, like that's how I see like this is how it started. I ordered a product from another company, like not even RC. And I got candy. Like it's fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, why aren't we doing this? That's how I you know you Lion's not sheep. I'm a huge fan of the brand. Mm-hmm. Sean Whalen, smart guy, very controversial. I love that. Like, I'm a controversial kind of guy. I'm willing to make some waves. You know what I mean? I don't really care what people think about me. You like my business? You spend money with me? Great. Mm-hmm. And I like you for doing so, and we can be friends. But if you don't like me, I don't really care. That's just how I feel about it. I have that mentality. But the one of the smartest things I ever heard was him say, I go to all my competition and see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And if it's working, I'm going to do it too. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. And at first I, I learned two things. One, I thought to myself, that's kind of a dick move. Why are you going to do the exact same thing that you're it's fucking personal in business, dude? Right. So I started Don't thinking like, well, it's fuck, business, if they're doing it personal. and it's working, I should probably be doing it. Yeah. Which brings me to the fact that, other people are going to copy what we're doing because it's working, exactly. right? And and I'm flattered. It doesn't bother me. A, a, a business partner of my dad <clears throat> once told me, and it made no sense. I was young. I was like 17, traveling, motorcycle racing. Made no sense. He said to me, if you can't make money off your friends, who can you make money off of? I was angry at that statement. I was like, I don't fucking want my friend's money. Yeah, you do. 
I didn't. I know. I, I at know that time, mean. I'm 17 years old, 18 years old. I had a similar situation with my, my manager. And it was, she said, she goes, uh, you're going to work with, it was one of my buddies. I hadn't started touring with him yet. And I was like, should we give him a better rate? And she goes, no, if they're truly your friends, they know what you're worth. Right. And they pay it. It didn't make sense though at and that then, time. And then I was just like. <sighs> because then I said, that's bullshit. Yeah. I, t- I called him out. I was like, you fucking, you're trying to say that you would, you can make money off my dad because they were partners or whatever. He's like, yeah, that's what we do. We make money off each other. We're partners. <laughs> oh. And then he said to me, think of it like this. You think your enemies are going to give you any money? Fuck no. And that's <laughs> when it clicked. you out, dude. <laughs> that's when it clicked. Yeah. No shit. So you're not getting money from your friends or the people that don't like you. Uh, so where the, are you getting it from? The way I see it now, <laughs> we've got 15,000 friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? And But that's you going to DNC, Silver State. Showing your face. Yeah, I think so. We've been doing it for a long time. I, yeah. I started this in 2013. We're going on our 10-year anniversary in April. Um, shit, we got to figure something out. We got to have a party. Um, fuck, it's so close. I even think about, like, it's our <laughs> 10 year. We're about to be 10 years old. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the second year I was open, went to Psycho. Um, then I went to Wicked. Like, I, I did all the race time stuff. Mm-hmm. A few years back, I started going to Dirt. We, we jumped on board with the, the the RCGP where everyone else was so, like, nervous or didn't want to see if it worked. And we were like, fuck it, let's go. You know, yeah. I I made friends along the way, like you said. Yeah. And we're, we're there. And we're, once again, we're racers, people. We're not just a company trying to grab your money. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not talking bad about the other companies. You know, yeah. I've got work, good work. I, I order from everybody. Some of them order from me. Um, so this is not ill, ill will or bad talking. It's just, I do things differently and, mm. and some of them are starting to do what we do. You know, they're starting to see it's working and they're, they're going to see what you're doing. They're going to follow it's in gonna go the same exact way. And they might do better than us because they have more power or money. I don't know, but I don't really care about anybody else. I worry about ourselves. Mm-hmm. I worry about what we're doing. We got our own issues. We got our own problems to try to solve, to make things better. Just like anybody else, yeah. you know? It's it's same thing in life, you know. Your fucking car's broke down. You got to figure out how to fix it. Same thing in business. Yeah. If something's broke. You got to fix it. Mm-hmm. You know. We we work, we work on trying to move forward, not go backwards. And yeah, it's either you're trying to fix it or you're just gonna let it die, and you've accepted it. Yeah, I don't want to die. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to live forever though? No. Exactly. Same Fuck like, no. Fuck no. Dude. I'll live. I'll do my my time. Look what I got. Prevail Paints, best painter in the game. Yeah, he's my dude. I love. There's like so most of the bodies on this wall are. Dead. Let's see. We got. Well, that that's CR. Sure. Nope, that's, that's CR not? Graphics. Okay, that's Chris Rupp. Ogden. Yep. Your RCGP bodies, which was let me guess, Lime and Evan. Yep. I don't know. That doesn't look like Evans. No. So that's uh, Eric Everett. That's um, Kevin uh, Abbott from Trinity. Mm-hmm. That's his body. He, there was a deal. Like he, uh, he keeps on fixing the, the concourse competition at master of dirt. I don't know how he does it. He just fixes it to where he wins every year. And uh, one year I was like, you know what, motherfucker, just give me a body, please. Because <laughs> we might as well just give you the award every year. He's so popular. And, but um, yeah, so that's Kevin Abbott and that's by Eric and Eric does amazing work as well. Um, 
But yeah, dude, Evan, his game. Dude, it's it, like a new school, old school. Like I remember it was my first SOS and I was with Zachary Thompson and he runs over there at your track all the time. Oh yeah. Uh, I had, I was like, man, I really like this guy's pain, but I can never get a hold of him. He's like, you want to meet him? I'm like, yeah. He's like, he's right over here. It was my first SOS. I didn't know anyone. And he's like, oh yeah, we'll hook you up. And then now he's like, he's done that scheme over and over. He's like, you're my favorite customer. Cause I'm like, dude, I think I changed it from drips to flames. Yeah. I was like, dude, this thing is so sick. Like every time I get a body from him, I'm like, oh man, can we put stickers on this thing? It's going to look so sick. Right. Like look fast, go fast. And it's a hundred percent the deal. Oh, I'm a fir firm believer in. I, I hate driving practice bodies. Yeah. I'll run that scheme in club races. Yeah. Everything. I have a practice body on my car now just cause I was waiting for bodies. This one's, I blew the back of it off, but I was just like, man, it's bothering me that I'm not looking at that scheme when it's going around the track. Right. You get so used to it. I like the fact that this one still has dirt on it. I like it. I cleaned it too. <laughs> <laughs> if but it's dirt on there, it's staying on there. Cause Kyle brought this for us for our wall. Um, yeah. so we are building a wall and I do have another one on the way that we'll, we'll, we'll show you guys when it shows up. Um, but yeah, so I appreciate you doing that because true form body. it is a true form body. It's uh CO one. CO one. That's the one I like to run like the OG one. Yep. And, uh, from what I understand and I seen the 3d model of it, um, there's a new one coming out for the S works cars. Yep. It looks totally different mm -hmm. and I'm so excited about it. Yeah. I know all about that one. I've seen it. It's pretty sick. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. And you know, now that B Rose is on the uh, finally can run a S true Works. form, finally can run S Works. Like I was like, do you can actually run your sponsors now? Yeah, so <laughs> I'm excited for uh, for a lot gonna, of things. That dude's gonna take off. Now that he has like he's not sitting by himself in the pits trying to figure out his car. He has like five badass drivers to bounce shit off of him. Yeah, he's gonna be a Joe and 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 Spencer now have competition. Dude, it's gonna get B real. B Rose is is right, and yeah. and I love Joe and I love Spencer. You know his body's green because he sold mine. Really? Yeah, I was like, dude, that's sick. A pro is bouncing off my body. That's tight. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, so I come from old school green's bad luck. And a green motorcycle's bad luck. Yeah. I don't <laughs> understand that. That's what I heard. Especially in motorcycles because, like, Kawasaki was well, have dominant you seen Kawasaki this for a year? while. No. Uh, Mitch Payton's team, like, everyone's been broken in the past, like, first three rounds. Ugh. And the people for East Coast are all getting broken off, too. I think he has one, one out of eight riders that isn't hurt now. Wow. It's bad. It's really bad. And they're all green cowies. They're all green Kawasaki's. Yeah, my dad taught me at a young age racing. He's like, uh, we don't run green and we don't run 13. Yeah, 13's bad. And so when people see, well, I don't have any of my bodies up here. I get, when, kinda, I get kind of paranoid. Like if my weekend's going to shit and I have an RC shirt on, I will take my RC shirt off. I put a normal shirt like this on for some reason. And I always end up doing better. Like if you see me and I'm not an RC shirt, it's cause shit's hit the fan <laughs> and I'm just trying to get out of the juju or whatever's going on. So you believe in, uh, in superstition. I do, but I always, I'll put the RC shirt. I'm like, this is not the reason Kyle, you need to chill out. Like I'll try to f fight myself with it to get out of the habit. And I started wearing <clears throat> like a couple, like my true form shirts and, my gray racecraft shirt's never done me wrong, but my world <laughs> shirt, like I started wearing it again. And I'm just like, just drive your car, you idiot. <laughs> like, just get over it. Bro, I'm, I'm super superstitious. Like I, when it comes down to it, to the point of, so when I first got my bodies painted by Chris Rupp, CR graphics, I, I had a specific look. I was already painting my own bodies and they mm -hmm. were terrible. 
I tried, but they were terrible. <laughs> and I said, uh, this is what I want. And I took a picture and I sent it to him. And he said, uh, this is early in our relationship. We're pretty good buddies now. But he said, all right, so you want that, you want that green and blue and white. I said, what? <laughs> he said, green. <laughs> there ain't nothing fucking green on my body. Whatever you call that, it's not green. That is fluorescent yellow. That is <laughs> yellow, you know? And uh, so the joke was always like, all right, so uh, I'm trying something new. We're, we're, pu- we're putting uh, green on, you know, we're going to change the yellow every fucking time. It got to the point where Chris was like, you sure you don't want green this time? Yes. I want it exactly the same as the last one. Yeah. Don't even change it. Like, same thing. Here's a picture of the last one you did. Try to emulate it, you know? Every one. But I'm a... I'm a stickler of like, I like my stuff to be the same. I'm not looking to change it. I'm not looking for new variations. I started doing that prior to RCGP Mm -hmm. because I saw all these people doing these white bodies. I have like 10 of those and I've never even cut one out because I'm afraid that I just, my, everyone knows me as blue and yellow. Yeah. You know, so if I show up with a white and blue body, you like when you commit to a scheme, that's your scheme. That's me. Yeah, exactly. Forever. That's your scheme. I actually have those cut and ready to go on my car right now for DNC, but I have a brand new body as well. Mm-hmm. I don't have the new um, true form yet, but they told me it'd probably be real cutting it close, and I'm not going to go there with a solid color body. So no, it's too big. You got to look the part. Give me factory. Yeah, I plan on winning 42 plus invite 42 and plus. Um, and the sportsman invite. Hot lap on the practice track. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to win something. Beer. I don't know. We're going to win. Make Chase make you a, an award just to give you. Nah, I like, I, like, I like to win one that's already made. All I know is I'm going to go in that, in, into uh, the speakeasy room with Joey, and we're going to drink something in there, and we got that big racecraft party, and I'm just, you know, these, these are the kind of – there's a couple events I look forward to. California's one because I don't get out there very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Masters of Dirt is my favorite event, favorite event of the year, yeah. and it's not just because it's mine. It's because it's a fucking rad event. Like we everyone. party hard, and we have so much fun. No one leaves out of that place very, very seldom. If there's 400 entries, 350 entries, five people leave there pissed off. Yeah, everyone has a great time. When's the one next year? How you know they can't wait. When's the date? Yeah, and it's we built that. That's a homegrown thing. So I feel you know the, I love that event. Obviously, Vegas is Vegas, and I can't wait to go if I get to go. But if I don't, I'm happy to. But these races are just – it's almost – now that there's so many, you know, Mark just added the uh, North Georgia shootout, which I should be there. That location is so rad. Yeah. It's, it's like, wicked. But, like, even the vineyard, they're just so stoked. They're like, this is so cool. Like, Brian builds a dope track. The Peach Day Classic was my favorite race of last year because I knew everyone – yeah. It was all Southeast dudes. Competition was pretty stacked. They took those intermediate guys that maybe shouldn't have been there and they bumped them up. And I was just like, dude, you're good gone. I go, good luck, dude. <laughs> so I said, I'm not going to say who, but I was just like, dude, I'm so happy I don't have to race you. I have a chance now. And that's, it was, I was winning Nitro Truck. <clears throat> I caught is uh, Isaiah Osborne from 20 seconds back, caught him. And I was like, and then he flamed after I passed him. I was like, dude, it's easy street. I'm going to drive this home. Fuel tank, uh, pressure line comes off. Oh. Dude, I sat in the stands. I've never been so down on myself. And I was yeah. just like, I, I walked over to a trailer 
who had a cooler? I don't know whose cooler was it. I grabbed a beer out of it. I pounded it. I sat in the stands. I've never felt so down on myself. And I had people like, dude, just take that and just bring it into buggy. And yeah, I was just like, man, that one hurt. But that's yeah. That one's that one's been fueling me for a, a while now. I didn't make that one because it was the week after Worlds. Yeah, I heard. It and was really that close. was one of those things that you know, family, family over. Peach fun. State was. Peach State or North Georgia? It's like Silver State time. I don't know. I North Georgia or it's the is week before. The, yeah, it's the week before. Yeah, because Burnett's going to build it and then shoot up to Vegas with yeah. Cade. Yeah, I'm going to. There again, if I go to Silver State, I'll do both. Yeah, I can't do North Georgia. I got to help uh, a dirt bike race. It's family, I promise. So yeah, where where's that based out of? What your um, in law or where do they do the races at? Just all over. Uh, they promote it's Itchikani. Uh It's uh, Lizella, Georgia. It's like Macon, Georgia. Okay, area. so yeah. it's it's in Georgia. It's like the oldest dirt bike track in the state. It's a sand track. It's crazy rough, hmm. but they're having their first big race there. Then they have the amateur national qualifier there, which is that April weekend. Gotcha. It's like, oh, oh well. Yeah, I mean, there's those require or those, uh, yeah, obligations there yeah. that we make. I race all the time. I'll just have to be. It'll be okay to miss this one, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be there. I'll uh, I'll represent. Yeah. I represent the den. Yeah, you can wear your shirt there. It should be printed by then. Get your shirt if they're still or get it we have two shirts coming out soon and we've acquired something pretty cool that we'll probably announce it into this month okay just some left field that no one's really thinking about awesome pretty excited so do you care if i put that video that you sent me up in our in our comments yeah. a link yeah i'll put the link up we'll put the um video or the uh, link to buy the the wolf den shirt which i bought one they're rad if it's green. I won't be wearing it to the racetrack, <laughs> but I will be wearing it in it's other places. It's a shirt places. you can wear outside the track, too, so it doesn't look it like is. an RC shirt, but it's rad. It's it cool. is super fucking awesome. Like, it's trippy awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that. Um, but, yeah, man, th these are, uh, I'm telling you, that there's so many walks of life in RC. Mm -hmm. And you being from your background, you know, no one would ever know. Yeah. That's why... I'm, I'm just grateful that we're doing this because you know you're another example of why i started this podcast this this podcast was meant to obviously we talk about rc and that's always been my kind of like least amount of what i want to talk just about ties everything else though. but it ties it together right yeah. so um it's really cool to know that there's somebody in the industry that you know i'm just trying to look at out. it a different way yeah because i know it's not looked at it the way that i look at it and i'm just trying to figure out what i could do with it that way you know like, yeah it's been done a million times over and over again. It's just like, all right, now, how am I going to do it? And I don't want to do it like this. And there's politics and every, if I, but you're going to do it your way. Yeah. And that's, that's how I did it. I just wanted to be fucking cool. Whatever that means, whatever it your ends cool up is different than my cool, yeah. which I think our cools are very similar. Yeah, I think it's pretty close, but not everyone has the same cool. Yeah. There's plenty of like when I attached myself with Cole the first time, like, I wanted to learn from Cole because he's obviously fast. He's from McDonough, where I'm from. Like I'm, born, that's where I was raised. But I was also like, all right, I actually would hang out with Cole outside of this. Like right. there's some really fast dudes in, in RC that I've hung out with. That I'm like, dude, there's no way I'm hanging out with this tight ass of yeah. a guy. Like I'm not saying any names, but there's a, a couple. I'm just like, we would not be friends. Right. Like I don't have anything against you, but your personality doesn't line up with me. Yeah. You can still Ogden, be cordial and hang he's out. A, he's at a piece the track. of shit. 
That's the best <laughs> way I can put it. And when he's rocking shirtless at the Worlds, I'm like, you are a fucking piece of shit, dude. Yeah, that's my boy right <laughs> I there. know. I was like, maybe you shouldn't wear a shirt anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was some good times, man. I was so pumped on him when he got that ninth. I was just like, dude. You know, a lot of people wouldn't be stoked about that, but he's been to multiple. And for him to get his best result. He could have got last in the main. Dude, you're in the show. Yeah. The top in the world. In the world. That's all you had to do. It's huge. Yeah, so I mean, the amount of work you've got to put in to get to that level and how good you have to be under pressure at that level was it, it I mean, that was my first one. Yeah. To watch what those guys did, to watch what they did for They're an hour. They're all elevating each other. Oh, they had to. Like I've seen Cole. I've been close to his pace and I'm like, oh dude, I'm a fucking man. But then you see Cole at a big race, all of a sudden throw down his first practice in truck. And he's like a second faster than anyone else. And you're like, yeah. that's what he has. That Those guys find places on the track that we would never see. Yeah. To go fast. You know, there was a, I remember a few years ago at the fall brawl, there was a, on the back left corner, there was a way to almost triple a corner jump. It was like you, you hit this jump to land up on the top and then come down a mm -hmm. face. And he figured out a way to whip it in the air and, and land right the there. downside 90 degrees. And just drive out. I mean, it was the, it added, it, it took off a, maybe two seconds. You're just like, huh? Yeah. Like, but he found it with his eyes, his brain, his he's fingers. Already put it, he put it together before you even crossed your mind and he's already like executing it. Yeah. So I asked him, I was like, bro, what the fuck? That was, that was sick. You know, he's like, yeah. I did it once in practice, and after I knew I could do it, I didn't do it again the whole day till the main. So he didn't even practice it. And he's still hitting it, like, perfect. But he did it in the main because he didn't want other people to see him doing it. Like, that's, yeah. that's that. Just, like, that's in the back that. pocket. That. No one that's even asked me difference. about it after that round. Right. <laughs> like Because they might not have seen the one time he yeah. did it the whole weekend for a fall brawl, and then he did it almost every lap in the main, in the main Just, because he knew it was a second. It's huge. We would never think, I mean, I shouldn't say we, I am not that creative with off-road, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm a precision guy. So oval, you're like trying to hit that same mark every yeah. time within an eighth of an inch. Mm. Off-road, you can miss it and still be fine. But finding that right line, the different sequences, you know, that my brain needs work, you know, where some people just see it. Yeah, that's just... Those top guys and them racing so much. It's just, there's just, you know how much time you have to put in to even get close to what they're doing? It's it's out of control. They're robots, dude. Yeah. They are driving like robots. That's why you see the first turn of 15 cars all hitting the same spot. They're all an inch away and they're not touching each other. They're not, not blowing in. It's just like, dude, they're on a string together. I saw that for the first time at RCGP in Italy. Those guys raced nose to tail the entire time without touching each other. Yeah. And you, and so I got mad one time because someone got pissed at uh, Baruflo at the time was racing for me that weekend for the beach RC team. And he got into somebody and I was like, motherfucker, you're going so fast. How are you going to even react to that? <laughs> I was like, you, he, he barely touched somebody. You guys are going to touch wheels. And then someone said to me, he knew what he was doing. And then I took a step back, <laughs> went and watched the next race and watched everybody be able to run this far apart from each other and not touch 
And I was like, God damn, he's probably right. <laughs> that was a take he probably out. fucking that was a took take him out. out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, these guys are fucking amazing. Yeah, my first time I was at SIC the first time three years ago, not the year that blew out real bad, the year before. I was standing in the bull turn and I was just like, I saw Mayfield come inside, slow up, push a car off the track and keep going. And I go, dude, I saw how deliberate that was. And I was just like, yeah, you had to go. And I was just like. But then you can like, you can see that they know how to do that. But then you can even go a step further and watch what I got to experience last year at Nationals where Mayfield and fucking Dakota after 45 minutes finished within a one second of each other <laughs> in buggy. After 45 minutes. Like, dude, it's crazy how it's, you know, it's a race of tents. You would, you mess up. You tell an average person, yeah, I lost a second. Okay, it's a second. A second is everything. At that level. When it's you get insane, to a pro dude. level, that it second your mind, could like, cost you a win. How tight the racing is. And you never would have thought, yeah, we're going to do a five-minute qualifier. And the top ten are separated by six tenths. Yeah. Huh? This is an F1. It's It acts just like it. Yeah. Who's your F1 guy? I, I'm not a, a – my sister actually asked me this yesterday – I like Verstappen because yeah. he's a machine. He is a machine, but he's a robot. I just don't like Hamilton. I don't like Hamilton. But I'm cool with everyone else. I like, I saw a really, a really, really funny uh, video on on uh, Instagram, and it was, uh, who's the little Asian cat? What's his name? Tsunoda or whatever. It was a picture of him in the cockpit, and all you could see was like up in the sky because he couldn't see over the wheel. And I was just like, dude. But like I like him because he's his ego. Lando's cool. I like Lando. That's probably Daniel Cardo's obviously he's a moto guy, so I like him. I like gas. I just like the guys that don't win very often. And then they like in France and in Italy, when like Gasly won or Ricardo won. Yeah. Like I just like that upset kind of stuff. I do too. I like Daniel Ricardo. I like his personality. You know, I wasn't a huge F one fan until I started watching the uh, Everyone. Drive to Survive. The US that it comes out February 27th in oh, the yeah. season, dude. That's my favorite show. I'll burn through it in a day and be bummed that the rest of the year I don't have anything yeah, to exactly. watch. Yeah, exactly. I've watched that season a million times. I love it. Yeah, it's it's a good show, and, and it, it allowed you, like, a way into the back door to see a little more. Like that scene when that dude was on fire. For, oh, my God. Dude, I was like, I'm about to watch a guy die. Yeah. I could not believe it. And I was just like, dude, you watched – if you want to get someone into that show – People watch that show that don't like racing. That's yeah. what's awesome. I show them that episode first, and I go, "Now start it over." Right, and it's just like, Whoa. well, just I mean, in a in a totally weird way, I kind of started following tennis because of this new show yeah. called Breakpoint. I watch Breakpoint too, and I'm not a tennis person. Like I like all sports, yeah. so you can find me watching Last golf, you. tennis. Oh yeah, I so love good. So I, I I'm a football guy. So I will say I like when it comes to football season, college and pro. I like Last Chance You, but I don't really watch football at all. But I like when I I'm see someone hard. work hard for someone that they've like worked hard forever and they get it and they're in tears. Yeah. Like that well, that's almost, Stetson Bennett. That'll almost make me cry. You're a Georgia guy. I mean, that's Stetson Bennett. Like he came yeah. from Juco to yeah. win two national championships and yeah. get a DUI. Hell, the, the show Cheer? I fucking love it. Oh, that yeah, show. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my daughter's watched that. I but haven't watched it. I know, but it's just like the competitive, the, the right. high, seeing people at high level. That are working really hard that haven't done it and then they win and it, you would like you see him cry over it i'm like dude when i got my number one play i've been there right i was hugging my dad in tears right you've been there 
And it, 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 you have that relatability. Yeah. And But that's why I love watching those shows because I didn't know who half of those tennis players are in break point. I didn't point. know. And, and you know they're the best in the world, too. Yeah. They're in the top 15, all of them. You Just know? The, dude, the U.S. dude that his ankle was all jacked. Yeah. And then he goes wins. and wins. I was like, fuck. I know. So I'm waiting for that season to come out, the next part of that, uh. you know? <laughs> but that's, that's what's so crazy about those. I, I'm such a sports nut that I'll sit and watch those. Mm hmm. Um, but then it brings me in. Now I'm like the, the then you're like Australian hey, Open was last weekend. You're watching it, or the whole last week, and I was like, oh, it's finals. <laughs> you're watching finals. Uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, I said, you know, so I would have never, you know. Yeah. And I love golf, but I don't. I only watch golf like for Masters or you know U.S. Open. I couple like, of those, I like golf but, and bowling, like games, solo sports still. But you have to be consistent through it. Like I like stuff like that. Yeah, I enjoy golf. I enjoy bowling. Like. Yeah, you have to be consistent. It's not just that that one shot. It's you got to keep it up. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I agree. Well, look, man, we've been doing this. I didn't even think it was going to go an hour. I don't know what I was going to talk about. But then I told Robert. Happens. What did I tell you today? I said, Robert, I, this one's going to go two and a half, three. Yeah, you said, you said it was pretty much going to go three. And I was like, yeah. we were an hour in, and I was just like, Dude, we haven't talked about shit yet. Yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is going to go. And I was like, all right, let's do it. I knew this one was going to be a good one. And why I like it, so why this one to me, cause I've had some great people on already, you mm -hmm. know. I watched them all. The A-Main, when he was talking about the fires, holy wasn't shit. Wasn't that touching? Like Storyteller, dude. That yeah. dude told it perfect. I was working on my track, dragging my track, listening to that. And I was just like, I stopped and I was just like. Robert, after oh that, that one, he's like, dude. That fucking story. <laughs> he was dude. telling it, and I didn't think he was going to make it out of it. Yeah, right. I, I didn't he's either. He's sitting like, here in front of you, and you're like, dude, he's ain't going to make it. He's going to disappear. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's, he's, he didn't make it. He's like, I no, mean, he's telling the story. He made it. Think about that, but yeah, dude. <laughs> I was like, this is something you see like on a TV. Yeah, show, it's like dude. a documentary. Like, you like know, Netflix needs to get this guy now. So it, you, when my point being is, uh, you're not you're not a traveling pro, you yeah. know, and and that's why. For me, this was awesome because yeah. When you talked about the podcast and you mentioned me being on, I was like, "Dude, I'm going. Sorry, I'm on it now." Like you've already kind of gave me the idea. I'm coming on the podcast. <laughs> well, I'm glad you reached out to me, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude! Let's yeah. like let's let's make it happen." So, um, man, it's it's been fun. I, I can't I can't thank you enough for the stories. Yeah, I'm just rad to be honest. I don't sick. think it's going to be the only time either, man. I mean, this is we're we're this is new, and I don't have any plans on stopping this. You tell me when. This is, this is, I love this. Yeah. To me, this is like, I'm clocked out. We're fucking hanging out, you know? Yeah, I mean, we've talked before. You don't even never, smoke weed. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, I'll hang out while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't smoking weed on Not camera. It. But, like, uh, I mean, we've talked a little bit, like, at Wicked when I was like, yeah, I'm leaving before A-Mains. I qualify for the A-Mains. You're like, what? And I was like, yeah. Little girl's first day of school. Got to go. Yep. I was but like, I did as much as I could. I respect that. And and we go, once again, that kind of goes back to, I, I believe we're very similar in that sense. Like, yeah, I know you'd understand when I said that. Yeah. Like, I already knew. You'd be like, I got it. I mean, I left RCGP to drive three hours to a uh, state championship for my daughter's gymnastics. Yeah. And then back the same yeah. day. You know, like. I did T-ball. SOS missed all the qualifiers, but the last one started low and had a bump. Like, it is what if that's what I have to do this weekend. That's what I'm doing this weekend. There's nothing more important in family. Yeah. We can all be friends in the end, but my family, my daughter only grows up once. Exactly. Your daughter only grows up. If once. you saw my story this last week, we were slamming with shit. We did yeah. circus, rock climbing, monster trucks. It was sick. It was a good week with her. That's awesome. Yeah. Well. I don't even really know what else to say. I've learned so much. 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited about like just knowing that you know everything you've been through, the you know the stuff you got to experience. That living vicariously through that. Like I was sitting here thinking, like, man, I would love to have been at fucking. Uh, to, uh, what was that Ibiza you know like yeah. fuck I wanted to go to Ibiza so bad scooters in Ibiza, that's not only doing. to go to Ibiza but to be there with fucking Steve Aoki and be there like you know you as it, part it of like the, the, the top level way you want to do yeah, it yeah that's fucking so sick dude but um, yeah thank you and uh, I don't know when the next time I'll see you it'll be soon you yeah. going to Psycho I don't know man last one kind of burnt me out yeah it's tough um, but I'm doing all the other ones Wicked definitely be a Wicked Wicked, AMS, all the other race time ones. It's just psycho. I'm not sure about. But then SOS, I don't know. Peach State, we're going to run into each other. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, cool, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hell yeah. That's awesome. We'll put everything up in the post uh, in the comments of YouTube and all. I'm trying to learn all that shit. But um, we'll put up the, the link to the video, the link to the T-shirt for the Wolf Den. Um, you know, anything else, we'll talk more and. We'll post everything up, but good job with everything you're doing. Keep kicking ass, man. Glad you noticed. Yeah, man. Peace out.